Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. All right, welcome back, niggas and friends. Good to see or hear you again, or whatever how this podcast thing works. Um, I am Shia Diamond, and I am Diane Keaton. Welcome back to the read. Another week here in Black History Month. That's right, shortest month of all of the months. <laughs> what has been going on with the blacks? Well, a few things. Let's start with the excellent blacks. Black excellence this week goes to Matthew H. Cherry. As well as Karen Rupert, Karen Rupert Tolliver. They won an Oscar. They did. For their animated short, Hey Love. An animated short that has swept the world <laughs> with all sorts of good feels and great animation and fun and Issa Rae's voice. Great producers. <laughs> yes. And started with a Kickstarter. That and is started with wild. a Kickstarter. And all y'all names is in the credits and everything. I caught that. <laughs> That was, I mean, I really loved Hair Love. Like, it legit it made touching. me cry. Me too. Yeah, so, very well deserved and very happy for the blacks. Also, Karen Rupert Tolliver is the first black woman to win an Oscar for animation. <gasps> really? Yes, indeed. Another first. Well, we speak your name, Queen. So, this movie about, uh, or this movie inspiring and based around representation mm-hmm. for young girls who may see themselves in it. Also adding representation to the world with another black woman winning an Oscar for something that they had not been given credit before. Right. Not that we haven't been doing it. Just oh, yeah. finally acknowledged she's one and only woman. for the work. Yeah. Congratulations. I was so happy. Yeah. So, so happy when, when they won. That was like night. the one thing that I, I was just like, girl, just give me her love and the rest mm-hmm. of this can just happen. That and Parasite racking up. Oh, I was, yeah. I was thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great night great. watching. So let's move into our topics this week. Oh, I have to give Francesca Black Excellence too, because she helped write you are Janelle right. Monet's opening number. And it was so right. funny. And Janelle absolutely killed it. And she looked great at the fucking Oscars. Did. And she in LA working on her new TV show. So shout out to my friend, Cheska Lee, because you doing it, bitch. And I'm so proud. I saw her name in the credits and I just literally screamed. Yeah, that was pretty uh, fucking awesome. Uh, so good. Um, so hot tops don't fuck with cats. This week I will not look at that. Um let's start by addressing something that I think we talked about last week. Megan the Stallion came forward okay. to let y'all know that she is not dating or fucking uh Harley Kiner from Boy Meets World. <laughs> Leave us alone. They were hanging out. 
Um, so this is what this gives me now that she has said that Megan is about her lyrics. Mm-hmm. She really had fun with these niggas and she tell them meant to go that home. Shit. Yes. Um, also, it gives they were probably, you know, they were in town or in the same mm-hmm. city at the same time. He had probably been in them DMs trying to get close. <laughs> she and the ladies had a little bit of Hennessy, as they do. Everybody had been know, drinking. Driving yep. the boat. That's right. Not sinking. And, um, Jeezy decided to invite his friends Crab and Goyle to come over to the hotel room or wherever they were. And um, one thing led to a brown liquored other. And and then we got that clip that was posted on the Instagram stories. Yes. Megan said, LOL, all right now. Y'all got all y'all jokes out, but I'm not <laughs> fucking Jeezy. <laughs> Megan said, I let you niggas have your fun, but it's over now. Yes. That's now enough. we're finished. You had a whole day of acting the fuck out. Now relax. Um, when a fan asked why the rapper uh, G Easy was sucking the makeup off of her cheek, <laughs> she responded, "He like Fenty," <laughs> as most of us do. I love so, the way she's interacting with people now. It's like you know what, y'all gonna say what you have to say anyway. So yeah. I'm gonna just be me, and, and just if you don't do like it, kiss doing. my ass. Yeah. You tune the fuck in, bitch. So subscribe. That's right. Y'all gonna learn to leave her alone. <laughs> Well, you know what, Megan? Have fun with these niggas all the fuck you want to and then just discard them because it's not like these niggas don't do it. Especially at that age. Oh, <laughs> shit, girl. Have your fun. Enjoy mm. your life and your body and your money. Um, Erica Badu will apparently Mm-mm. and allegedly Mm-mm. be um, throwing a new product for sale upon a... A store that's supposed to be opening up online for her, the Badu World Market, which is allegedly expected to open on the 20th of this February we're in. The reason so many people are talking about it is because Badu claims that she will be selling an uh, an incense that will be... <sighs> that will <laughs> apparently have the scent of her own vagina. Mm. Um, the incense is supposed to be called Badu's Pussy because, you know, okay. straight to the point, right on the head. Um, I, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this. So when I heard about this, I was like 50-50 right down the middle on whether or not she was trolling us or dead serious mm-hmm. because you can never know. Badu likes to troll and she also does things that are weird and she'd be right. dead serious. Um, she, you know, talked about how her... The pussy is her superpower. Mm-hmm. How motherfuckers talked about how that pussy has transformed <laughs> niggas into whole other human beings that we've never met. Right. Um, and so she apparently is going to allow you to harness that as well. Uh, her pussy scent. Um, she also wrote, uh, <laughs> I took lots of pairs of my panties, cut them up into little pieces and burned them. Even the ashes part of it. So... <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot about how scents are developed. And I don't know a lot about how pussy looks, smells. I mean, and when she says she took a whole bunch of old panties, were these old dirty panties? She just had a stack of old I'd imagine unwashed drop. Right. No, so then I it's doubt. like, what? I, again, I how don't know. How did this create to, how, how does this, this contribute to the creation of this? being serious? But, right. But she might be, because you know Gwyneth Paltrow put out that candle. I learned that today. <laughs> and it sold out. A $75 candle. Gwyneth Paltrow put out a candle last month called this smells like my vagina Mm -hmm. and that did start as a joke she was smelling candles i guess for her company and when she 
her oh. nose passed over one that I guess reminded her of that box. She was like, hmm, this is what this smells what? like. They all had a laugh and decided to make it a product anyway. So now you can get, I mean, if it's not <laughs> still sold out, um, Gwyneth Paltrow's um, pussy candle. I need to look up what the notes are in here. because uh, Those were like all things I've never heard of. Bergamot. Bergamot? Cedar Absolute? I don't Absolutes? know what any of the fuck she's talking about. I but I guess cedar. that could smell like puss. <laughs> I mean, uh, roses and ambretsi. Okay, all right. I expect Badu's to smell like green tea with a little shea butter and wine black and miles. Okay. The wine is an important distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, okay. So and in I, that vein, like, I get it. I don't think you're wrong. I just... A little almond milk. Maybe oat milk, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely oat milk. Yes. <laughs> the, the almonds are in trouble. Mm-hmm. The Unsweetened. almond production is ruined. Unsweetened. Oh, naturally, yeah. please, we don't do that. Yeah. Sugar is the devil's candy. Uh, this is, yeah, we we could be getting trolled right now, or it could be incense, you know, available for purchase in 10 days. How should we know? Like, and if it is, I'm going to have to buy it. I would I mean, be forced to buy it. I just need to know what like did you so you sniff these samples and you burn them and you sat in the room and meditate and you was like this is it this is like oh the pussy this mm. is my puss yeah. in the room i i have no I, idea i have to experience this well <laughs> Eric could be on some shit man but february 20th i guess you can and i rather jay electronic about to put out an album finally so maybe he got a, a sample copy of maybe the incense, the pussy incense and it is, is because you know he's been threatening to finish that album for like my whole life. Uh, I, don't, I was gonna say I don't even know how long. Yeah. So perhaps the pussy motivated him to do it. Maybe it'll be available the album on Badu's World Shop or whatever it's called. Well, there you go. I, you you guys go for your. Girl, <clears throat> I guess your smoke rooms and your your meditation corners and things of that nature. If you've ever at all wanted to experience the fumes of er- Erica's minge, there you go. <laughs> February 20th. Uh, I mean, I will be the first bitch online. I'm not even going to act like I'm nothing about this. Hey, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough. Okay. If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time. All in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. 
Hey, y'all, listen, we all know that life is full of the yada, yada, yada. You know, sometimes you sign up for a contract one place and then in order to get out of it, you got to send a million letters and go up there in person. And it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Like this could have been easier. Okay, we've all dealt with the yada, yada before when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine print or, you know, even bills that just seem to keep going up every month for no dang reason. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then they charge you for every little thing until... You might as well have just booked your ticket somewhere else. But it is possible to outsmart the yada yada, like triple checking airline deals and making sure everything you need is already included. So remember, you don't have to take the yada yada in life and you don't have to take it from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and not a yada yada. So stop by one of the over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide to sign up today. Um... Videotape was captured of an attempted robbery on Lori Harvey's Rolls Royce. She parked it somewhere in like a garage in in Atlanta, minding her own black ass business and was going to, I guess, get some of her things out of the trunk of the car. She left the driver door open because minding my business in the middle of what seemed to be the night. Um, Oh, the night. I think it was. But again, this is like inside. Right. So so it might just be dark. Right. Okay. Um, But yeah, you can see on camera and the video came out after the story but somebody pulls up while she's in her trunk hops into the driver's seat and tries to take off with it she like actually caught them and tried to struggle with them for a while they pushed her away and then she walks off and she walked away and i mean walked like didn't skip didn't run didn't sprint she She just walked away because she had the key fob in her hand and she realized that he couldn't take the car anyway oh right because it won't even start right so clutch she left (laughs) um and i guess one of these these niggas boys um co-henchmen whatever oh lord decided well since we can't take the car they went around and like grabbed a bag or two from the trunk oh yeah which was was reportedly filled with clothes yeah just i I had a feeling they was just gonna steal her shit instead right which i just cannot get in the mind of a motherfucker to do something like like to just be like i'm just going to take something from this person (laughs) and are you like just driving around parking garages seeing if there's somebody you can rob they do the gas stations all the time oh my god all the time i mean and this is why i don't know if it's everybody but girls especially are always taught to like be so safe Mm -hmm. and always looking out because when you said she left the door open and it was nighttime i'm thinking sus what in the world i mean but she was just at the trunk of the car right like it happened in two seconds there's that and also niggas should not be rolling around looking for people to rob any fucking way so it's just damn where the fuck was navadius laura you done dated too many niggas for nobody to have been there to uppercut one of these hoes oh that's right this happened in atlanta right so shouldn't they already know who them niggas are them niggas should be dealt with accordingly what is supposed to be good this should be this should be exactly like when that nigga tossed that water on Cardi and Quavo leapt his ass off the stage and into the crowd. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Somebody need they ass beat for this. He leapt into that motherfucking he did. crowd like the last airbender. Soon as he knew which nigga he was going for, he went for it. And Future need to do the same thing. And Cardi stood there know. like, well, I was just here. I was booked. I showed up. And this is my Nobody job. Nobody asked for this. So, so there's that. <laughs> Oh, damn, that sucks, though. But at least she's safe. and Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do nothing stupid. The things that were taken more than likely can be promptly replaced. Mm -hmm. Um, But even aside from that, she's got her life. And she's still 
astronomically beautiful. Um, Not to mention incredibly smart. Just being like, you know, I'm going to just yeah, like, go. I'm just going to. To like oh I'm not fighting go. two niggas I'm just right. gonna leave <laughs> y'all take it have fun mm-hmm. y'all have fun with that alright what the Ugh. my daddy can get me another one of these this is nothing Jada Jackson has announced a new album and tour for the year 2020 the Black Diamond World Tour is going to be stretched across I think 33 dates <gasps> I'm pulling it up right there. starting towards the end of June and stretching to the end of August. 33 different dates. Come on, all summer long. God bless these touring Oh, and some of these are uh, festivals, too. She's she's going everywhere. Um, She's doing Cincinnati music, which is the one time I had seen Janet Jackson perform and thank God for Essence for that because I was dying. And it was incredible. And it was, in fact, (laughs) quite incredible. (laughs) Yes, it was. So I'm really excited to hear new Janet music and new... I remember, like, yeah, maybe it was the last tour that I was like, you know, this may be it for Janet. Janet may just be like, yep, you know what? I've given too. y'all yep. album after album after album after album, video after video. I've acted. I've done all the things, My whole girls. Life. I'm a mama now. Like, I'm finished. Mm-hmm. Like, I really felt like Janet may just be like, I'm done, girl. I'm not going to do it again. Yep. But no, work ethic. It's a thing. This is her 12th studio album. Insanity. Dog. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what it's going to sound like. Oh, man. Because she dips and dabs into, like, everything. I mean, so Billboard says that it's going to include a special performance from Rhythm Nation 1814, which just turned 30, by the way. It is your age. That is fucking crazy to me. If you have not seen Janet, if you haven't seen Janet since, you know, she got free again in concert <laughs> then you need to because I've had friends who are like I went to go see her when she was still married and she was like ultra covered up and not really wanting to dance and all this and I'm like the Janet I saw in Brooklyn and New Orleans was not on that shit at all sis was putting on a show and it was about more than just the looks and the choreography which were already stunning so if you haven't seen Janet you definitely need to make sure you take your ass because she puts on a show Opening show, Miami, Florida. That's I right, I love when girl. the artists come to Miami first. <laughs> it's so nice. Because I remember being a kid in Miami and there were tons of concerts that just skipped right over our city for whatever reason. I thought, like, Miami? Yeah. Like a ton of... I re- Listen, there were so wow. many times where artists were touring and they didn't come to Miami. And I'd be like, I mean... I think it's a nice place. <laughs> I mean, Miami, That's that seems wild to me as an adult that Miami wouldn't be an automatic tour stop. It's probably logistics I would never even consider, like mm-hmm. not Maybe getting so. a deal with the proper venue or just timing stuff. Ordinances sure. and shit. Yeah. Probably. But, yeah. I mean, nobody came to Oklahoma, but we also did not expect them to. <laughs> it was never an expectation that anybody who wasn't a country artist was coming to Oklahoma. So where was like the closest place you'd go to go and see a good Dallas, Texas. <laughs> And that was where I saw my first concert, like my first concert that wasn't at church. (laughs) My first concert that wasn't a a praise palooza weekend long, five days of praising God at a convention center downtown. (laughs) It was uh, it was when John Legend opened for Alicia Keys. That was an incredible. Oh, my goodness. Throwback. Yeah. That was my very first Think concert. about that. Yeah. When John Legend opened, opened for, for Alicia, Alicia Keys. That's a crazy thought. That is crazy. And that's what happened. And I mean, he did the whole album, Get Lifted. Everybody knew all the words. It was like 
a great opener and then Alicia came out and it was just perfect show I was fully in love and oh, yeah. it was great but yes you had to take your ass outside of Oklahoma if you wanted to see somebody who wasn't Reba <laughs> or Garth Brooks I'm not that is not a joke <laughs> Uh, Carrie Underwood surely goes to Oklahoma to perform. Well, I mean, it, it, things are different now. Artists go oh, to yeah. Tulsa and Oklahoma City now, but we also built venues for them that they didn't exist when gotcha. I was a kid. That makes sense. But yeah, when artists go on their little Midwest tours and they be going to, like, when Cardi went to Tulsa and that little nigga Travis Scott went to Tulsa, I was <laughs> like, what Travis the Scott. fuck? He won't do Baby Stormy. You, you no disrespect to Stormy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's a whole different world now. <sighs> this one is I had a lot of fun when, fun with this one okay so Heidi Klum was <laughs> you know getting in her a little two cents about oh this God. America's Got Talent debacle she was I think a judge on that show for six seasons so she's worked with them for a while Apparently, at an event for the Television Critics Association, she said, I've only had an amazing experience. I can't speak for Gabrielle. I didn't experience the same thing. To me, everyone treats you with the utmost respect. But this past Wednesday... (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yes, that is the exact problem. Do you not understand what you and Gabrielle don't have in common? (laughs) No, she doesn't. (laughs) Because on Wednesday... And an Amphar Gala, oh, she told Page Six, apparently. I don't know, because this is where I'm reading it. Sus. She said, a lot of people got mad at me. I was called, for example, a white woman. I think it is important. They hit blow the belt on that one. I think it is important for everyone to speak their truth. I think that when there is a story, it should be told. I had a different story. Because because you're, you're not white. her? if a black woman is complaining about racism and like dealing with people policing her hair choices and all the bullshit she talks about going through backstage and with Simon Cowell and all that shit why would you think well I mean none of this happened to me therefore I should speak up and defend America's Got Talent like bitch of course it didn't happen to you because you and Gabrielle are nothing alike (laughs) what I really feel like Gabrielle (laughs) may have been the only one hired with sense I mean the more people from this show start talking, the more I'm like, so Gabrielle is really the only one of you running on all cylinders over there. It feels like it. Because this is just, the math ain't math in, girl. And to be like, well, I was called a white woman. Like, like it's a slur. Right. A white woman is what you are. I mean, because white people just want white without being reminded they're white. <laughs> they're like, you can just call me the default race. Thank you so much. Exactly. We don't have to point out that I'm, I'm not white. white. I'm normal. <laughs> exactly the fucking mood this is giving my bitch what do you mean you were called a white woman you are white you're a woman, white woman and sis. that was a white woman thing to say you act like they called you a fucking like dog ass hoe or they something they even call you a cracker <laughs> <laughs> of all the insults that i would just randomly pull that people gave me one that accurately describes me and isn't a slur isn't offensive is like the last one I would choose. But I'm not a white woman, so. This is just. Things are different. Such a white thing to say. It is. And so white woman. Oh, man. And y'all wonder why you consistently get dragged in situations like this. <laughs> Sweetie, if someone is talking about racism, misogynoir, Come on, all girl. of these types Come of on, things, girl. and you know that you are white and like <laughs> famous, rich, 
You know what I mean? Yep. Why would you even insert your opinion? It almost feels like from Mansell, America's Got Talent, we're like sending everybody else to be like, go and tell yep. these people that we're not racist. Hurry, quick, or we'll kill you. Like, cause <laughs> But after you saw what happened to Terry Crews, I would think a white woman would say, oh, this is extra not my life. They dragging the niggas. They dragging the niggas. niggas. So I just sit over here with my project runway money and shut the fuck up. Like, like Heidi, what? What is you doing, sis? <laughs> Oh, I don't understand it. White women are something the fuck else. Girl, just work on your next Halloween costume and stay out of grown folks' You do business. always kill it on Halloween. Because them, they look like they take a few months in advance to get prepared. At least. She's probably working on the concept for it right damn right. now. But this wasn't your lane at all. And inserting yourself into it and then crying about being called white is just so fucking white. A white woman. <laughs> it's like I was called a white woman. <laughs> do you not... Have you seen yourself ever? Have you ever not been a white woman? Talk to me about it. She ain't even like spicy white, like the Kardashians, where they be saying stuff because like, they dumb. Swarthy. So you yeah. feel like Italians. Oh, such. I see why you feel like yeah. you ain't white, but you are. Right. Like you are straight on. You're just white. white. Isn't she German? I don't know where that name comes I from. I could have sworn she was German. So it's like, you're not even, <laughs> like, it's not even like a... Tip of the caucus, man. It's not even like an ethnic minority in the States where, you know, there's white people who have complicated relationships to whiteness, like the Armenians or, you know, Jewish people or whatever. But you're just some white girl who is mad because you spoke on a black woman who was talking about racism that she experienced. Talking about it didn't happen to me. Bitch, why would it happen to you? Uh, make it make sense um I think I'm on my last story oh okay oh god so Nicki Minaj and her ex Meek Milford um had a very heated exchange on Twitter a few days back maybe close to a week ago now I think it was right after we got out the studio, as it most things is. are. Yes. Because it feels like it happened a lifetime ago. Because I feel like them running into each other and that we one talked store about that, was like right? right after. But anyway, um, they got into some Twitter war um, where there are allegations of abuse and rape thrown back and forth. And it all started when someone who was neither of them. Oh Lord! Made a photo of um, where they basically photoshopped Nikki's husband in one of his zany outfits into the window at Jimmy Jazz <laughs> next to the rest of the mannequins. <laughs> and I want to tell you that it really took me. Oh God! It took me what I'd say is an embarrassing amount of time to realize that he wasn't one of the mannequins <laughs> when I saw the picture. That's why it works. Because. Nigga, I had to like, it wasn't until I looked at the rest of the mannequins and was like, oh no. <laughs> if you've never been to New York, you might not know why that is so funny. But because the niggas in the window at Jimmy Jazz <laughs> dress like this. Yes. Like he literally dresses like a Jimmy Jazz mannequin. Oh man. Woo, the internet is undefeated. So someone put that shit up on the internet. Meek Mill caught eye of it on Instagram and he liked it. Of course, it took nothing but seconds. For that shit to make it on all of, of the Instagram blogs and places like that. But. And we know that Nikki sees everything. So she responded with some shade of her own. Um, 
by posting several photos across platforms okay of meek mill in all kinds of crazy outfits now i feel like they flamed him for these knickerbockers like the first <laughs> this picture i'm looking at like they, he might have some gucci jeans on but they like stop at the calf mm-hmm. um, okay and she captioned that trigger fingers turn to twitter fingers bad built face ass obsessed with the queen loads of stuff on her instagram and so on and so forth um that is when it got spicy she wasn't finished she said, <clears throat> should I, I, I don't want to do it. I'm so tired. Mm, push through for us. Um, <laughs> nigga been tweeting about my man for a year now. Yes. Talking about he went to my page to see him, but he was blocked. My nigga, move on. I know your bitch embarrassed. Shoot yourself in that store when you got pressed, though. Clown emoji. Oh, my God. <laughs> I miss Queen Radio. I need to go stream whatever happened today. Um, She also claimed that... Um, Meek abused her and his sister in a tweet where she said, You beat... You beat your own sister and taped it, spit on her and taped it, kicked me in front of your mother and sent her to the hospital. Sucking Drake's dick made you feel tough again. Move on. (laughs) So. Ooh, girl. All right, Nikki. Meek basically said the only way you can try, you can try to kill my career is to say I beat women. Talk about your brother convicted of rape and you've been new and paid for his lawyer. Your little brother touched that little girl too you know i know you want me to crash with your boyfriend and i won't kenneth petty is her husband Meek. oh god that's why she's mrs petty get with it obviously you said you're willing to crash your man because you're losing now and everybody in the industry know you a bad person you've been knew your brother was raping a little girl that's why i got away from you what Nikki says the mother of the young girl asked for 20 million to make the charges go away, which I've heard before. Um, the, it was just, that was the gist of it. Yeah. Like it was basically them tied about this picture and, and then going, going back and forth on Instagram about it, him blaming her for knowing about this alleged rape and, Mm. basically supporting her brother's threat or whatever. Got you. Her accusing him of being abusive. And she did post a, a clip once, I think, in the studio. I don't know if it was Queen Radio or if she was recording, but she talked about her mother's history with abuse and how that affected her and then her having been in a relationship where she was experiencing the same thing. And I'm pretty sure that was after she broke up with me because that clip resurfaced. Ooh, and yeah. so people are, you know, accusing Meek of putting hands on her. And I feel like his reaction to the claims did not help. Yeah, I don't. Because I feel like if he that, didn't really deny it. He just right. said the only thing you got. Right. That's Basically, the only thing you can that's say what is you're going to say. So it's like, uh, but if that's all she has to say, then that's more that's, than enough. Nigga. Yeah. I'm tired of, of people acting like beating a woman is not that big of a deal. Girl. Mm-mm, no, sir. Um, You know, I feel like, right. Okay. The picture was funny. The Jimmy Jazz picture is undoubtedly <laughs> hilarious. It's just funny. Like, even Ken should be able to laugh at that shit, my nigga. Like, that is, that's is funny. 
That's fucking hilarious. Um, At the same time, I have to believe that Meek Mill knew in liking this picture it was going to be on blocks. Had to. Uh, he's not a stupid person. He doesn't seem to be anyway. So you it's know just the like... the barbs are clocking every move. Right. That I, Again, you probably didn't even like scroll to the next picture before that shit was up on somebody's page. <laughs> yep. So it's like you kind... And this is like a week or two after y'all got into that whole hullabaloo at that damn store in West Hollywood yes. and almost fought each other. So clearly Correct. you're still perturbed. She's clearly still perturbed. Yeah. And that's how all of this stuff exploded into where we at now. I'll take the L on that one. Definitely. <laughs> I wasn't thought even that going, I put my fucking phone I wasn't going to say silent. nothing. I it's did. fine. And I'm actually enraged. I'm actually really upset. <laughs> it's actually fine. I'm really pissed it off. Is no worries at all. Um, so I don't know. Like, I feel like you had to have kind of expected that this would turn into it because A, Nicki Minaj is not afraid to get into anybody's at crack all. or their hole when it comes to her being pissed off. She will go straight up, no lubricant. They crack I'm or getting they with hole. it. So leave me alone you know it was but I wish that she would have just posted them pictures and then stopped because that was plenty like yeah. that was enough that was enough it's like okay you keep talking about what my nigga has on let's go through your style right. book you know what I mean she could have left it she's that. such a fashionista right but she was probably you know still annoyed yeah from a whole host of things and they decided to get it off and it really benefits absolutely nobody. At least she did have an interview later with, I think who's like her new manager or one of her managers that. Oh yeah. And then that works with or worked with Travis Scott that she was dragging. Yeah. She she, gave him dickhead of the day or something. Yeah. Dickhead of the week or whatever. Uh, Whatever she did. And then, right. And then hired him. Um, So she did say during that interview that she, you know, wishes basically she didn't even involve herself in that Twitter bullshit and she has to remind herself sometimes <laughs> to keep yeah. it together on social. You're same. human girl. <laughs> same like, girl. You know, what are, what can we do? Absolutely the same. I bite my tongue or, you know, whatever the digital version of that is a lot when I'm on social media. I think I'm much better at it than I used to be oh, I before because I just don't give as much of a fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I, I understand it's hard and then when you have millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people talking to you about good, bad, and ugly shit all day, every fucking day. I'm sure that that adds a lot right. to it because you got more eyes on you, which means more, um, more opinions and more misconceptions. And like people really process things in very stupid ways now, especially when it comes to headlines on blogs or whatever. True. But anyway, I get that. But the whole thing altogether was kind of um, ridiculous. I also like that she said that she hates starships because I felt vindicated. <laughs> Me too. I felt you know. <laughs> Cause she you she pissed you off with that. Oh yeah, that was the the, you were mad the beginning of the end for me. So, but like even then, I understood understand why she did it Mm -hmm. because like I think in in speaking about it during this latest interview, she was like, I don't know why I did that or whatever, and I was like, girl, I do. You were trying to cross over into you know white audiences and get everybody to love you, you and it worked. And Super bass ass. So <laughs> it worked, girl. You know, nobody's mad. Well, I'm not mad at that, but I was never a barb. She also said that she hated Anaconda and she hated your love. I guess I can understand Anaconda. Your love was a bop. Mm-mm. I liked your love. I disliked all three of those songs too. I actually wanted her to keep going because, <laughs> because it seemed like you know she. When are we getting the grand? She piano? said there was a lot of her. 
her catalog she did not like and I just know it in my heart Grand Piano is part of that I love I being is. able to admit it and be like girl you know what I didn't care for that song and it is what it is because yeah, I'm still you're at that, at that place where you can say every single thing I did I don't feel super great about like she said I think she loved the Anaconda, Anaconda video yeah she said she liked the video yeah, which I feel the, the opposite song. about yeah, actually, I think I do, too. I think I prefer the song over the video. I do. I'm not crazy about Anaconda, but I it, I don't mind it if it like comes yes. on in a club or a party. It's my favorite of the three songs she mentioned. I cannot handle um, Starships. Oh, yeah, no, Starships is just abysmal. When she was like, Starships were meant to fly, what the fuck was I on? I'm what like, were you on, <laughs> Queen? <laughs> Tell us! <laughs> I love that. Like, yes, girls. I look back at some things and I'm like, fuck was that? It's okay. You still Nikki. You still out here. Now they both got um, new songs out. Like, they actually both dropped a single. <laughs> like, Well, hers isn't a single. She says it's like a buzz track or something like that. The but they both, song? Yeah, the Yikes song, which she's gotten flack over for this Rosa Parks line. Mm-hmm. And it, where she says, all these bitches Rosa Parks, uh-oh, get your ass up. And people felt away about that. That was one of the things when I heard it, I was like, it didn't offend me. But mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be an issue. <laughs> I mean, when the Parks family put out that statement, I was like... Can't really argue with her. I mean, she sued out past. Right. So they were not playing about that. So it's yeah. like, mm, didn't really love this reference, but you know how she feel about. Yeah, she literally doesn't care. Our female civil rights leaders. Yeah. Okay. She championed for Harriet Tubman and she would do the goddamn same for Rosa Parks. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like the song. Overall. I I don't think I've heard it. I heard the one with Megan Trainer, but I don't know what that's called. Oh, that one's called Nice to Meet You. Nice to Meet You. Which is Aunt Nikki's song. I should check out this. Yikes. It might as well be. That's the good okay. part. Well, all right. I wasn't going to say it, but. Um, but Yikes is cool. It's like a nice song for like a, a little I'm back, bitch. You guys, you, you girls knew I was never going to actually retire, you know? Yeah. But when I said it, the barbs were mad. Yeah, because you're not. You're only supposed <laughs> to say what she says in the moment. Now that she hates starships. We. Oh, no, but they dragged you for that, too. They did. I said I agree with Nikki and the bars were like how dare you <laughs> like but wait what I thought that's what I was supposed to do what are you what do you want from me I cannot win with the bars <laughs> when I'm a fan I'm wrong when I'm criticizing her I'm wrong it's like alright girls y'all just gonna have to be mad I guess because I'm literally saying yo everything she said here is spot the fuck on those are terrible songs and the bars were like fuck you and your whole family I'm like oh well alright but you know what I'm sure she really has a lot of barbs that fucking love that song starship specifically because i feel like that song probably made Where a, a lot, lot of them of, came from bar- yeah yeah because turned a lot of them into barbs yeah, yeah yeah and like that was i was a part of an era where like a lot of pop stars were making these edm based tracks mm-hmm. that have no vocals in the yes. hook yes usher and I'm just like, girl, I want to hear words. <laughs> <laughs> Especially from a rapper. I don't want to hear this. I don't feel like feeling like I'm at a circuit party. Mm. I just want to <laughs> hear you rap. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I would just like for everybody to leave one another alone with the drama. Neither one of y'all needs to be involved in this. You got a baby yes. on the way, but your new lady, she's out here, you know, taking care of her new man and, you know, thankfully rapping again. And I would love, I know mm-hmm. Queen Radio is going to come back with loads of bombs and yelling and ridiculousness and whatnot, but I was really enjoying the 36 hours of her just chilling, releasing yeah. snippets, loads of photos of her beauty and, 
And then, yeah, that Megan Trainer song. And she's going to be on the premiere of Drag Race. Which is, is she? Yes, yes, yes. She, oh. I think she just taped it. If they're lip syncing Nikki songs, then I will be tuned the fucking. Oh, you know that's what they're going to do. I want to see that. Yeah, and I, I want to see, see these looks, too. too. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one thing that bitch has done. Whether you love it or hate it, she has come with some crazy shit over the years. RuPaul walked out um, during, like, the ending segment when they judge and everything and said, welcome to Nicki Minaj's Drag Race. Like, the, oh, yes. the, the kids are going wait. to have a blast last with that shit i mean i am too i want to see that real bad but yeah everybody can just go your separate ways and be grown-ups and and move on with your lives yeah i'm really hoping that this uh abuse thing isn't true but i'm not gonna act like i don't i don't put it past it. no nigga i really don't again especially because your response to it essentially was like that's the only thing you can say about yeah. me i ain't doing no interviews don't ask me about this bitch i don't even know what's going on what, what was my name again where am i from yeah i can't see anything <laughs> It's dark. Not bitch, I'll sue you for defamation of character. But <laughs> like, that's all you got. Is right? that how I used to beat y'all asses? Like, uh, a nigga. He did later, for the record, say that he has never put his hands oh, on women he or he doesn't beat women or something to that effect. But that was like a few tweets later when I feel mm-hmm. like it should have been the it's first. A, I'm just saying. People have accused me of doing things I would never do. And the first thing I say is, bitch, you got me fucked up. I just... And somebody like Nikki with the audience she has, you're not going to tweet out or Instagram out lies about me and it's just going to go like like it ain't nothing. But then at the same time, right? It's like, if you know that you did this to her mm-hmm. and she's mostly being quiet about it why antagonize her in any way that's a really good question maybe he thought she wasn't gonna really be pressed over him liking that picture why? but i don't know i don't know <laughs> why nikki's like queen of of shade by retweet shade by shade like. by like she does She's it all really the time good at that. and she knows that y'all gonna see it yeah and don't care because like, y'all be clocking that shit exactly so um, mm, i don't know it is kind of like he brought it on himself because, like, why even poke the bear, so to say? It was but funny. You don't have a finsta? Isn't that what they call the yeah. fake Instagram? <laughs> you need a finsta, my nigga. <laughs> you need to, But then, you know, everybody can't see you being messy. The mess was the point. Mm. So. But you could have just. I mean, I don't know why any of us needed to know that you thought that was funny. I mean, it was funny. We all thought that. Honestly, the reason he saw it was probably because somebody tagged him in. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure of it. Like, y'all gonna let these fans and people online who just want some entertainment in their daily lives drive y'all to do some incredibly stupid things. That really fucks with you. Right. That's why Nikki was and like, I don't us. know why I did this. Sometimes I be tweeting and I be like, why the fuck did I do that? Like, yeah, girl. <laughs> that 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 feeling, that uh, pay attention to that. Because her nigga was probably eating it up. You know, because he's still ready to put hands down. Meanwhile, in Meek Mill's world, this pregnant girlfriend or whatever is like, if you don't, I see, and I'm get like, your motherfucking ass. That's another thing. Off of that ass, you don't have nothing else to do. Y'all ain't nesting. You ain't buying ba- <laughs> like. Shouldn't y'all be preparing? Rub her feet with something, some cocoa butter. Something. My word. Get them stretch <laughs> like, marks. Literally anything other than antagonizing Nikki or like. Doing things that you know will get under Nikki's skin on Instagram. Like, for what? You got a whole family over here to be worried about, my nigga. For what? Like, let's just focus on staying out of jail and putting out music and being a daddy and a boyfriend or a husband. And, like, uh, Nikki is however many boyfriends, girlfriends, relationships ago for both of y'all. So, can we all just move on? Yep. Thank you. I would love that. Hallelujah. Also, this is not going to last. <laughs> the, 
who Nikki or the Meek or both? Both. But right. I was really pertaining to Nikki and yeah, no, that Mr. Spouse. Petty won't last for too long. Like his name's literally Ken, and his last name's Petty. She had to do it. Like she had to get married. Ken to him. And it just makes no She's sense. Barbie Petty. I have been in I, like putting these references in verses <laughs> for so long. It just she has. When am I going to meet another nigga with the last name Petty and a first name Ken? <laughs> Never. <laughs> That I actually know. I so, just feel like one day Kenneth Petty is going to work the last nerve Nikki has and then he going to be gone. I know. Like, she, because again, she used to drag the fuck out of Safari. Did. And the thing is, the Barbs will support her no matter what decision oh, yeah. she makes. So right now, they are arguing and cussing y'all out on behalf of Kenneth. As soon as she leaves, they're that nigga, warming up to him, too. <laughs> all of a sudden, the Barbs are like, so what? He yeah. had a couple cases. We're like, all right, kids. Oh, okay. All, y'all doing all that until Nikki is done with him. And then that very nanosecond, <laughs> Hello? it will flip. Never like that bum ass, raggedy ass, ugly ass, short ass nigga. No way. But that's stand-up for the most part. Oh really. yeah, it absolutely it is. Really could be said about like damn near any all of stand group. You mm-hmm. just do whatever you feel like is what they would want you to do. Say what they're saying times twenty, and you make sure you keep a little shank in your back pocket for anyone <laughs> who says otherwise. And with Nikki, you don't have to guess about whether that's what she wants y'all to do because a lot of times she she'll just tell you. <laughs> Bars, where y'all at? waiting bitch what do you need bitch right here i love the vibes they're so cute remember when she jumped in that girl's dms and cussed her the mm-hmm. fuck out what was that for again a, a music ranking she's done she's done this a few times i feel like she, it was she like cussed out who... somebody on instagram for doing like a top female rappers list and she wasn't at the top or wasn't on it at all but then she also came after a girl for writing like a, a critique about how she weaponizes the barbs and stuff. I feel like she's done this a lot. I feel like it was something that was more subtle than that. It was something about like if she I think they were critiquing like her content in her raps. Mm. It was something to the effect of like I think keeping up with her age or something like that. Oh. Yes it was because she remember she was, she was like wrong about I'm her age. I'm thirty something and then she was like, My bad, I'm actually thirty like <laughs> Yeah. That's what it was. So like, that okay. was like, girl, but again. Right. The one where she had to correct herself on her own age. When you have like a million opinions on you all of the time and have been dealing with it for however long and then just social media in like the addiction to it, the constant scrolling that we go through and all that stuff sometimes mm-hmm. is just hard. And sometimes you got a little extra time in your bubble bath to be like, I am actually going to drag this bitch right. today. And then afterwards you regret it. So it's like as soon as you done with it, you like, what did I do? Right. I feel sick. And then when you're Nicki Minaj, girl, ain't no just delete the damn tweets yeah, and it's over. No, you might as well leave it up. Because there's already thousands of screenshots. She does. <laughs> she does. Like, And, and I appreciate <laughs> I you standing behind that. it. She's like, right. I should not have said it, but since I did. But it was sick. Let it rock, bitch. Anyway, though. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, you know, God bless everybody, sincerely. Mm-hmm. And, That's um, right. you know, I guess Crystal will be looking forward to the next episode. Of Queen Radio. I will. I actually tried to listen today, but it was like 40 minutes of that DJ nigga just playing songs and never Nikki actually coming on the mic. And she does that. Like, so wait. She has us waiting forever for her to actually start the show. And then she takes long music breaks between it and comes back. It's not like Nikki opens the show. So ever. wait. Sometimes they do it and she ain't on it? Well, she's always on it. But I do believe they started without her being in the building. When was that? Always. Always. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, when was the last one? Today. Really? Yes. <laughs> and I tried to listen. Queen today Lady being Monday. Today? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and I tried to listen, but it took too goddamn long for Nikki to come in the studio. So I was like, girl, I'll catch the clips later if it was good. But I'm not sitting here through this nigga I don't know no more. Let's see if I can. Hollering at me about Nicki Minaj. Let's see what she was talking about. Talking about hashtag video. Nicki Minaj. Do people do that? Okay. Hashtag? Yeah, I'm like, who who hashtags artist names? Oh, 50 was on there. Was he? Oh, God. Man. I hate to shudder. I, I hate to shudder. <laughs> I shudder to think what them niggas talked about. Oh, I wonder if they just... talked about Power. Did you watch the last episode of Power? Not yet. Did you watch the last episode I of Power? I didn't watch the first episode of Power. Right. So, but I know niggas have been uh, highly unsatisfied. Power is one of these shows that actually, I feel like you can just watch any episode and you'll be fine. <laughs> like, you don't really need context. Uh, it's fascinating. These characters haven't grown and changed. Like the, well, a bit, but it's, it's like... I watched, I think this is the sixth season that just ended. I'm pretty sure I watched like the first three and then I got, you know, backed mm-hmm. up with everything. I did not watch four and five and I just mm-hmm. looked at sprinkles of six and I wasn't confused didn't miss at all. Huh. Like, okay. I wasn't. First of all, they do a great previously on bit at the beginning. They cut it, like cover those are pretty good. much everything you need to know for mm-hmm. what's about to happen, That's which is true. what those things should be doing anyway. So like the last few that I watched, I watched maybe like two episodes of the season mm. and I wasn't in the slightest bit confused, but I heard mixed reviews of that. Yeah. About the finale. They're mad about Tasha. Don't know who that is, but that's Naturi. Oh, damn. They said yeah. they did Tasha wrong. Mm, I gotta go home and look at that. I wouldn't be surprised. But they've announced like three spinoffs. That's right. And they all sound like Power is the Bible. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like Power oh. Book Four, The Emancipation <laughs> of Tasha. I mean, that's what it's called. <laughs> Power Book Seven. Oh, no. Canaan, The Younger Years. <laughs> Power Book Eight. Canaan, The Younger Years. White Tommy. Like, okay. Oh man. I don't know if I'm guessing they're all gonna be on um on stars as well. Jesus. And they had been hinting to these spin-offs for like the longest time. But Okay. Yeah. And I think one of those nigga, they've been announcing motherfuckers have been casted to these shows for a long time. I know that like I think Candy got cast to one of these shows mm-hmm. i think mary is supposed to be on one of them <laughs> i love that i can just say mary and yeah you obviously know who i'm talking about mm-hmm. um the mary and yeah i'm sure they'll have like cameos from other people and stuff of that whatever but <sighs> well good luck to those of you who are going to be watching that it won't be me <laughs> i mean power is not a bad show mm. it's not like mm. the best show you can ever watch but it's pretty good 50 cents not writing every episode by himself there you go. That sounds like a there huge leap over a lot of other TV shows I could think of. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Oh. So um, the there's a Power Book 2 teaser. A Power Book. Oh, there's Mary in a Gucci belt and he's sickening. <laughs> Ombre wig. When you said Power Book, I thought you meant like a book about the show. But no, it, no. The show is really called Power, Power Book 2. Oh, my God. Ghost. Literally like chapters of the Bible. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it's right. very All strange. Right. <laughs> I can't um, wait for Exodus. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Power, the New Testament. <laughs> Mary J. Blige, Method Man's going to be in it. Method Man refuses to not be fine. There just isn't a day where he isn't. All, um, my, life. All my life, that man has been fine. 
Oh, is shit. Is Tretch still fine? From Naughty by Nature? Yeah. Tretch look all right. Oh, damn. Uh, the fact that I, I Googled like is Tretch still know. fine, that's not what I meant. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> There's probably like a Reddit page that says that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... But yeah, this show's already got a little teaser. I'm going to watch it on mute. Yeah. Let's see how long it is. Okay. Well, Only 45 seconds. I'm just going to look at the first How much of a teaser could it possibly be? I mean, that's what it is. Te- I guarantee you it's still going to be too much. Because <laughs> people don't know how to make trailers. I watched um, the trailer for the new Fast and the Furious movie, Fast 9. Okay. They're almost done. Thank you, Jesus. Um but I think I said on here before how I like bought the box set of all of the films up to maybe seven or eight because I, I really wanted to understand why they were still making them. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't finished. I watched, <laughs> I think, the first three and a half. And you have to understand Vin Diesel's not in the second one. Neither Vin Diesel or Paul Walker in the third. Okay. Bow Wow was in the third. And oh, it's based no. in Tokyo. So Tokyo Drift? Oh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it. And the racism just runs. Oh. <laughs> I mean, okay. With and a lot then, of Asian jokes. I mean, it's in Tokyo. And <laughs> I don't, don't believe an Asian them. person We don't have it. to do them Asian jokes. But, um, yeah. And then I think I watched a bit of the, the fourth one. And I was just like, I'm tired. I want to watch something I like. But I'm going to do it again. Because I want to catch up and understand why people still go out to see these films so much. Mm-hmm. But that trailer was the whole ass movie. It ha- <laughs> like, they showed way too much in this trailer. They showed so many car stunts. I'm like, that's what the movie is about. Save something for the theater, my nigga. Like, at this point, we know y'all gonna drive cars real fast, punch people, and blow stuff up. Save that. Like, the girls are coming to see it. They're coming to see it. Why are y'all doing this? Anyhow. I don't know. That show is not, I mean, that show, that that movie franchise is not for me. Oh, you know they're gonna make a Fast and the Furious series later. When they're done with these movies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they're gonna bleed this shit dry. Yes, Method Man has a suit on. Yes, Mary. Is The Rock coming back to the Fast and the Oh, I think that deal's done. <laughs> I, th- I think Damn. that's finished. Okay. I'm not going to watch that fucking spinoff either. That doesn't count, even though Idris Elba is in it. But I don't feel like I just want to understand this fast <laughs> family shit. But yeah, no, because um, Tyrese is absolutely in this movie. So I think okay. The Rock said, you know, I will take all of my millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars, mm-hmm. as well as this stack of offers um, <laughs> with me elsewhere. It was great. Thanks for having me. Goodbye. Um, I love it. But yeah, that's it for Hot Tops this week. Let's move right on to some uh, ads and then we'll do your letters. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? We've told you. It's your girl, ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, honey. And right now you can try it for free, girl, at ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I've actually used ZipRecruiter for my 
for like my mm-hmm. own personal things on the back end. And it really does work pretty quickly. And I also appreciate that it's easy to use because, uh, you know, this aging brain of mine in technology works part in ways, which makes me sad, but that's a different conversation. Amp up your hiring performance with Zip Recruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash the read. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now let's get back to show. So listen, guys, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. I've been running my mouth about it for a while now. Black representation in media is incredibly important, and I feel like it's in kind of a precarious situation at the moment. So amplifying and enjoying as many of these stories as possible is pretty important. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are distinct. Distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. You can get things from Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center on Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us listen now to black stories black truths from npr wherever you get podcasts okay we're back it is time for your listener letters it is send your questions to ask three to gmail.com we may read them aloud on the show our first question this week comes from uh naima who says I'm a 24-year-old wife and a mother of two, and I am very happy with where I am in life. Mm. The only issue that troubles me every day is that my youngest does not know who her biological father is. That's the only thing. Before I had my first child, I was a totally different person. I was for sure a whole hoe, and I'm going to tell you how it is. I partied a lot, and I had a lot of drunken sex, and it finally caught up with my ass. I found out I was pregnant, and when I did, I was like, damn, who the fuck could it be? I had been off and on with one guy for a while, but we were pretty much just fuck buddies who couldn't get their shit together. So with the dates that the doctor gave me, I narrowed it down to two guys. However, I was still super unsure because I had another guy it could possibly be, but I really, really hoped it wasn't him because he and my husband were best friends. Uh-oh. It was no secret that I had slept with both of them niggas, but once again, being a hoe caught up with me. The baby was born and it wasn't my husband's child. It was a very rough time for all of us, but he did not leave my side when she was born. He stayed with me and loved me through it all. And we worked on our issues and finally settled down with each other. <coughs> we also had a baby boy of our own. I quit my job. I quit my job my amazing job as a marketing director of a big company and became a stay-at-home mom. He provides for our family and spoils the hell out of all of us financially and emotionally. However, now my daughter's biological father has requested to be a part of her life and my husband is not with the shits. Wait. So, okay. Yeah. So, right. So, her husband is not with it. He feels like he is the one who stepped up and he doesn't want another man in her life. I'm very torn because I want to do right by my daughter and by my husband and make things right. What do y'all think I should do? I know this situation is a mess, but please help. 
Naima. I think that's what I call it. Yeah, you do. So what troubles her is that her youngest doesn't know who the biological father is. Not that she doesn't know. Right. She went through a period where it was kind of up in the air, but she narrowed it down. And now after the baby's born, had DNA tests, figured it out. She didn't say or imply the age, did she? She said she's 24. No, the child's age. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I'm assuming pretty young. But maybe old enough to know? Well, she's 24. I don't think this child uh-huh. could be older than four or five. I mean, could, yeah. but I doubt it. Um, <clears throat> I think that your husband's got to chill. Damn. Personally, um, if not now, at some point, the kid deserves to know, in my opinion, yeah. who her biological father is and then decide where she wants to go from there if she wants to go anywhere at all because her kid may be like or their kid right maybe like this is my daddy over here this is the nigga who's been raising me this is who i know is my father and it's you know nice that you want to meet me or whatever but i'm good you know like that's a lot of people's situation yeah but i think that she should be the one to make that decision i don't think that she um should have the biological dad blocked out of her life because of right. the father's insecurity with that situation. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, it's hard because I'm all for the biological father being a part of her life, but the fact that he didn't choose to, when she was first born has me confused. It's like, so you knew about this baby for however many years she's been around and you just now decided that she was actually going to come like be a part of this child's life. Yeah, but see, that's still your own uh, your own feelings. Right. But I would be I think as a parent, I would look at it like, well, since you just now decided, you know, I'll say she's four since you just now decided to come step up and be a daddy. I'm also going to be very cautious about like. I'm going to be cautious about your relationship with my child until you prove to me that you really do want to be a father. Because what you're not going to do is come in and out of her life, breaking her heart because you show up once a year. Like, right. That's not going to fly either. And I mean, again, assume if we're assuming that she's four or five years old, somewhere in that range, then mm-hmm. I don't even know that this is really a time that she needs that. You know what I mean? If anything, it may confuse her right now. But I really don't know. I don't have kids. And yeah. I mean, that is conversation a conversation <laughs> with, with a child before. But I mean, I, I I don't think I would think it's crazy to maybe get her, the child, to a place where she can sort of process something like that a bit better. Yeah, I think you have to, you're going to have to get creative about it and you might need to reach out to like some mommy groups or Reddit threads even, I don't know. But it's going to have to be something where you explain to her that she is lucky enough to have two daddies like she has daddy who lives with mommy and is in the house and raises her and all that and then this is her i don't know how you say this to kids i don't know how you say biological to children right maybe maybe the three of y'all you your husband and this guy see that ain't gonna happen because the husband is so against it i mean i'm just thinking that they should maybe sit down a few times and like have conversations, talk all of it out, really get to understand who this guy is, where he's coming from, what he's been doing these years, all of that stuff. And yeah. then from there, decide how comfortable you are with her being, I mean, with him being in your daughter's life at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're bringing up a great point, which is that like, what took you so long? And like, yeah. how do I know that you won't be just bouncing around and, you know, 
tomorrow, next month feel like, you know what, this is too hard. I don't want to do it or whatever, right. you know? So yeah, protecting the kid in that, in that manner is important. Again, especially with her being as young as she is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You can't just be like, Oh, you got two daddies. You got a bonus daddy. Cause you're so awesome. And then bonus daddy just acts funny and doesn't come around and yeah. bonus daddy and, you know, main daddy are arguing all the time. You know, right. like no, a kid doesn't need that either. Like really what would be affected I think what would affect her the most here is how y'all move and operate. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. The adults are going to shape this fire. Right. 100%. This, yeah. Yeah. And you you do have to be cautious for those reasons. But your husband is also way out of line. Like, he knew that wasn't his biological child. And she does deserve to have a relationship with her biological father. So your husband, I think, I think you are going to have to make sure you and him are on the same page before uh, things get too complicated with this bio dad. Like, I think you and your husband really need to be on the same front here because this whole can't no other man be in her life and blah, blah, blah. It's like the circumstances are what they are. And you knew that it wasn't like she hoodwinked you and you thought the whole time this was your, you know, your biological daughter. So I think he's really going to have to get over the the selfishness part of this because that's really what it sounds like to me or maybe he's just doing this out of an abundance of caution because he don't know about that nigga either and he don't want him breaking her heart that's true it could be all those things so maybe just you know have dude come over and you know meet the family and just answer whatever questions the little girl has about him like get to know him and then you can say you know we used to be in love and we had you and then we broke up because it didn't work out and mommy met daddy and now we do this like I don't know I don't because I don't yeah I'm literally about to say like you are far better off going to mommy blogs places (laughs) on dead ass places on line or wherever uh, and reading through situations of people who have gone through this um because it's just too complicated and you really don't want to like scar the kid like, yeah that's the last thing you want to do or even just super confuse them so um i know that like kids are brighter than we give them credit for um and they are impressionable it's just again y'all have to be on the same front right. with however you are going to address this, whether it's now, whether it's a few ne- years from now or whatever. Because if you come in with this whole, you know, oh, here's this other dad situation, but then the way that you're handling it is all messy, then it's just going to be messy for her. Yeah. Whew, good so, luck, girl, because there's a whole lot of ways y'all could approach this. But as long as every adult is keeping the well-being of this child at the forefront, then y'all should be able to work it out. But good luck to you because this is complicated. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Rachel who says, I have a good friend from high school who sadly lost her 11 month old daughter and had to lay her to rest on what would have been the baby's first birthday. What the fuck? My friend and her fiance were both devastated and have not actually explained to any of our friends what happened. But from what we can put together, it was some sort of freak accident. They are both grieving in different ways, but my my friend feels comfort in knowing that they are grieving together. They're supposed to start couples therapy and solo therapy soon. Here's the problem. A bunch of friends went over to their house for game night and we all got super wasted. I couldn't drive, so I slept over along with my sister and friend. When I woke up, my sister was gone and it turns out she took an Uber alone at 3 a.m. 
When I asked her what happened, she told me that my friend's fiance was crying and talking about his daughter to her and then tried to kiss her. She pushed him off and felt uncomfortable and made the decision to leave. My problem is that I do not know if I should tell my friend about what her fiance did. If she had not just her, if she had not just lost her baby, I wouldn't even think twice about it. But given everything she's going through, I don't know if that I want to add to what can be even more devastating news. Nothing actually happened. So do I really have to tell her? I'm not sure what to do. Again, if they weren't grieving, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I can see that she sees her fiance as her rock right now. Please help. Every time I see my sister, she asks if I told her. And every time I see my friend, I don't know what to do. What did I call her? Rachel? I remember. Yeah, Rachel. That's such a sad situation. And like the heaviness of your friend losing this baby and all that, that sort of grief is so huge that I don't think I would do it. I really don't. I don't think I would take that upon myself to be like, oh, well, your man was, you know, crying about this tragedy and then tried to kiss my sister. If anything, if my sister wants her to know that bad, she can tell her. But I think I would stay out of this, especially because, like you said, it's she's already going through the worst. And I don't think I want to be a part of that. I agree. I wouldn't say anything to her either, especially since nothing actually happened. I think that she should know now is not the time for all of that. If anything, I would maybe go to her husband and be like, let me say something. I know this and I understand that you're grieving. And so maybe your emotions are all over the place. You better get it together. Mm. Get your shit together. This woman is grieving too. And she needs you. And all that, that kind of behavior is just going to send her over the rails. And I know you don't want that, do you? So I'm not going to say nothing to nobody. Because I know that this is not going to happen again, right? Great. Like, I, this ain't going to be a problem no more, correct? Because this is the last thing she needs. And I'm glad you said they go into couples therapy and solo therapy because it is going to be desperately needed. And that is probably going to be the, the the best course of action for everybody involved. But yeah, the fact that your sister keeps asking if you told her seems a little strange to me. Right. Like, you like do, do you then. want her to know? Why do you want her to know that her man did this? Like, I... That seems a little strange, especially in the context of what happened. So, yeah, tell her that she can, you know, convey this information all she wants and she can have that terrible, difficult conversation if she would like to do that. But you are going to mind your business. Honestly, I would tell my sister not to say anything, too. I mean, I wouldn't want my sister to say nothing, but like you ain't going to keep bothering me about this situation, girl. Like it ain't going to be that either. She's going through a lot right now. I'm just trying to be a support to my friend. And if he not out here doing something egregious, I'm probably going to just not add to everything she's going through. All right. Our last question comes from, um, let's say, Carmen. Carmen says, I'm 23 years old and I'd like to think I'm doing pretty well for myself. I'm the youngest in my department and a large portion of my job is health education for young adolescents. I talk to them a lot about the importance of self-care and communication, but sometimes I feel myself sounding like a hypocrite. I don't know how I can preach so much about things that I am not even doing for myself. My anxiety is at an all-time high this year to the point where it is messing up my sleep patterns and I can feel myself tensing up all the time. It's becoming harder to do simple things like cook and clean consistency. This isn't my first go around with anxiety, so I scheduled a therapy visit to nip it in the bud and that shit made it worse. When she asked me why I came in today, I told her the following. 
First, I hate when you ask me that question. You know damn well I am in need of help. Why else would I be spending this much money for 45 minutes? Secondly, lately I've been feeling like I am not doing enough even though I work full time, pay all my bills on time, try to date, and I hang out with friends. I can't shake the feeling that I am not functioning at my full capacity to achieve greatness. Also, sometimes I get so fixated on a thought that I can't let it go as much as I try to distract myself. Throughout the session, she reassured me that I've accomplished great things and social media is probably the reason why I feel like I'm not doing enough. She mentioned focusing more on my growth and then said that I might have distorted thinking. It is safe to say that I left the session more confused. You and Kifuri share a lot about your journey through mental health and achieving your success. How were you able to work on yourself and reach the heights that you are at right now, girl? Did you ever feel like you can't do both at the same time, especially... Because that is what I took from the session. I'm scared that I will spend so much time working on myself that I won't accomplish any other goals. Please help Carmen, Caleb, yeah, something. Carmen. Yeah. Yeah, girl, I don't know how I'm doing this shit right now, to be honest with you. I'm in a foul mood and I really want to go to bed. So <clears throat> okay. it happens. That's honest. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, to me, first of all, I was sort of raised in a manner that was like, you know, if, if you can work for yourself and do something that you love and do something you're passionate about, or just, you know what I'm saying? And enjoy your career. You should go for that. Like I have parents that worked loads of jobs that they weren't crazy about, but they had to take care of themselves and their family and stuff like that. And my mother working in jobs and going to school crazy and all the time. So I've always sort of had this mindset of like taking initiative for myself when it comes to what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes that just outweighs me wanting to like not do anything, which is a huge percentage of my life and energy. But I just feel like, you know, I got to do it. I got to get shit done and like, I know that I need to have discipline in certain ways. So I think that it's just sort of like, it's either this or it's like being incredibly miserable doing something I don't like or being dead. And this just seems like the best option of all of those. I mean, yes. So it's kind of like, okay, girl, like if you worked back at that call center, you would still be pretty miserable mm, on yes. a regular basis but you would also be miserable doing a job that makes you want to blow your head off that's true at least with this i get to come in here with a friend of mine and laugh about you know people's drama and say shady things and then go home and if i go home and i feel like shit when i get there fair enough it's better than you know being dead sounds boring and <sighs> you know i don't want to go back to working Lord. for you know, anyone, especially working for someone in a position that I despise. So I think it's just kind of like, girl, you know, you just kind of get like, what are your options? You know, mm -hmm. and I don't even think that that's necessarily the healthiest way to think about it. I know that it's not, but it's just like, that's kind of what works for me now as I'm still in the process of figuring out how to come up with a better routine. Um, which is what therapy is for me. It's not just like, let me have someone sit down and listen to me bitch and moan. It's kind of like, 
figuring out what triggers are, figuring out, you know, things that have been embedded in my psyche for the longest time and affect me in ways that I haven't considered. And then thinking of mm. processes to get past those things when they come around, those yeah. feelings and those motions and stuff like that so that you can, you know, not need therapy one day. It's like going to school. So, um, yeah. I think that, you know, I'm still figuring a lot of it out, but I'm also more, I think I'm easier on myself than I was like last year, definitely years before that, because the world is like, everybody sucks. Yeah. Everything is stupid. So I'm just like this speck of a speck of a speck in the grand scheme of all of this hot mm-hmm. trash. So it's like, girl, I'm going to ride this shit until the wheels fall off. Like, this, that's really just, it's kind of like whatever. Like <laughs> that, I yeah. think that that's my outlook on life and I'd love for it to be better than that. But I get to do something that I really love to do. I've gotten to experience things that I love or that I never thought I would be able to experience. I've gotten to travel to places that I never thought that I'd be able to go. And I feel like that's an immense blessing and I'm thankful for that. And I think that another, the fact that I don't want to take any of that for granted also sort of helps me to like get up and, and just keep going or whatever. And I know that I have people that are relying on me as well. So mm, that's real. It's like taking good with bad. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So I think um, your therapist is right. Definitely that you feel like you're not doing enough, probably because of social media. You're 23 years old with a full time job and paying all your bills like there's I don't even know what you feel like you could be not doing enough of like unless it's like I feel like my real passion is somewhere else and so I don't really feel fulfilled in this then that's another conversation to have with yourself but a lot of you in like your late teens early 20s are obsessed with this idea that you're not doing well enough when you just now are getting started like you're just now getting here and you're already like there are people 10 20 30 years older than you who not working full-time and paying all their bills some who don't want to and some who are looking for work and can't find it. So it's like, I think you just need to kind of take a step back here, take a deep breath because you really are doing better than you think you are. And I have that same issue because everything is worse in my head than it is in real life. Absolutely. And it's not just a little worse. It's 500 times worse. Right. And I have a lot of shit. I have a lot of traumatic things that were said and and done to me throughout my childhood that has led me to being that way yeah um and so the anxiety flares up a lot and or used to yeah it has gotten a lot better um over the past several months and a lot of that is because i've started just reframing the thoughts that i have which is something i learned a tool that i learned in therapy but basically when that feeling of oh fuck or that kind of like slight panic or that uneasiness when that pops up immediately i'm like okay why do I, where is this coming from? Why do yeah. I feel this way? Okay, I know that. And then why is this a bad thing? Why is this something to be afraid of? What is the worst? For me, asking what is the worst that can happen is incredibly helpful. Yeah. Because the worst that can happen is almost always something that is inconsequential at yeah. best. Yeah. So it's like, once I get there, then it's like, okay, so since we know what the worst that can happen here is, or since we know where this feeling is coming from, we just gonna breathe through it and let it fucking go. I think I've said before on the show, like, sometimes I just think, okay, is this gonna kill me? No. 
like the worst thing. Yeah. Would you kill me? No. Is anybody going to beat my ass? Absolutely not. Okay. Like, yeah. so it's like, there we go. Right. All right. It's like, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose a friend? Am right. I going to lose somebody? Like, is it drastic or is it, you know, just me and my brain making the absolute worst out of everything and making everything about me? Yeah. <laughs> it's just really wild. And it's crazy because I know like I have heard this so many times in therapy and I know this to be true that people's reactions are about them. But when it happens to me or when I am a part of whatever happened, I'm a part of the reaction, then automatically my brain just makes it about me. So yep. that's something I have to work through all the time. But uh, it's a process and it's a long one at that. And it's it's tiring. I'm also like used to being depressed. In a weird way. Me too. And I like, hate I hate to say that, but I mean Yeah. I, when you have felt like this for ever, mm. pretty much, and you are in a place where you are acknowledging it more for what it is, after a while I feel like I just start to feel like, okay, I know what this is. Like for the last few few days, it's been one of those moments in my head where everything is bad like i don't have a positive outlook on anything Mm. that is currently going on or that is coming up or that happened like everything just i can't see the positive in it to a point where it's like it's it's ridiculous it's it's like i can acknowledge it as just being irrational Mm -hmm. now and I think a big part of that is because of the journey I've been on over the past few years of talking to a psychiatrist, getting therapy, um, just being more aware mm-hmm. of how these kinds of things work. Because years ago, you know, college, teen years, being a kid, I would just think, what's wrong with me? Like, I, like I am a... Like I like I would just blame like my mood and my emotions and stuff on me just being a weak individual or just being defective in some way. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I recognize it for the science behind it. <laughs> and um I'm just like, you know what? This is a thing. It sucks. It'll pass. Don't know when, but it will. Yep. And I will like to feel like shit again at some point after that. But it'll pass. And da, 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 da. So it's just kind of like a thorn in my side yeah. but I just kind of know it's there it's it like it it's is. worn down a bit so it's just there but it's yeah. not keeping me from moving like it yeah. used to yeah yeah like yeah. I can get up and go on about my life or yeah. whatever and hopefully one day there'll be a little mouse that'll pull it out of there <laughs> it's like managing your shit like I'm and even that is something to be proud of the fact that I'm at the place now where I don't want to drink or play video games or smoke weed all day because I'm sad or anxious or depressed or whatever else the fact that I'm like aware of the thoughts that I'm having and aware of how they make me feel physically and you know being able to just breathe through shit or if I'm upset and feeling sad to just let myself fucking cry and then move on. Like coming from yeah. somebody who had to teach herself to not cry and to not react to stuff and to not feel that is <laughs> hell. That is hell. Mm-hmm. But it's it's useful and it's difficult work at the same time. But it is possible to spend so much time working on yourself that you forget about everything else. I have definitely done that before, too. Yeah, where I'm like, OK, sure. bitch, it's time to heal. Like we focused on healing, bitch, and we going to therapy and we doing the goddamn work to the point where I'm doing the goddamn work, you know, 24 seven. And at some point you do need to be like, OK, the work is great, but let me go zone out and get into a hobby. You know, yeah. let me go see if I can make some bread or see if I can make a 
a purse or <laughs> I mean, you know, you could sew little pouches or whatever. You yeah. literally anything. Whatever your hobbies may be, whatever um whatever you have a personal interest in that you want to develop more like I hate to keep talking about the good place but I don't because I love that show but um one of the things that happens like in the afterlife is that you get to you get to do everything you ever wanted to do yeah and then you decide when you're done that you're gonna you know depart and go to the next plane and so that idea like to me that just made me feel like I have time on this earth right now and God only knows how many different things I want to learn about like not even necessarily do but just learn more about I want to study this and where did that came from and how is this made and that sort of thing and like it's great and it's healthy to have a curiosity about the world around you so definitely you know there's a balance between working on yourself and trying to be the best version of you and then also just enjoying life because it's short and it's fucked up so like right like, have a good time while you can my knees are already like hey girl like we don't drop it le- that low we anymore don't, we don't do it's that no longer oh, no. Pop, 2003 drop it like it's hot we let's don't come down so i'm like looking at a lot of what's going on around me and the way I process stuff. And I'm just kind of like, you know what, nigga, I don't want to be a person who was like, you know, I don't want to be a person that, you know, God willing makes it to an old age and look back and I'm like, I didn't give my chance to time. I didn't give myself the time or the chance to enjoy any of the stuff that was going on around me. And I've been so irked by so many people who would come up to me and be like, such and such is going on. Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? And I'm like, no, not really. I'm, I'm dead inside. I'm fine. You know, it's a job or it's a thing. Or it's an event or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not that big a deal. People are like, no, you should be excited. You should be excited. And I'm, I like, I can't tell how many of you I didn't cuss the fuck out last week for saying that dumb shit to me. Please, please do not try and project your emotions onto me just because you don't understand wherever the fuck it is that I'm coming from. Yes, there are a lot of things I wish I could have processed in a better way because I was unhappy, but that's fucking life. And I can hopefully look back on things later and be like, you know what? I am really excited about that, even though it happened three years ago, because that was really dope that I got to experience that. Like a lot of my joy comes in retrospect, to be honest with you. I look back <laughs> on shit and I'm just like, I did Same. that or I made <laughs> it out of that. And so, yay. Oh, man. But the girls be wanting you to tap dance and, and do backflips and, and throw streamers around the motherfucking place right <laughs> then and there. If you don't get the fuck out of my face. Like- you know people are individuals and we're all dealing with our shit in the best way we can so that is what it is i just don't i think you're putting a lot of stress on yourself that is totally unnecessary so let that go let go of this idea that you're not successful enough at age 23 at doing anything that's just so like it just is forgive me that's just dumb like that is so dumb young people 23 is literally nothing (laughs) it's nothing nothing and i don't even like i feel like we're getting out of the age now where this misconception is there of you know having to have your whole ass life understood and together in your early 20s or even late 20s i feel like more people are experiencing in this generation the fact that you sort of come into your own more towards your 30s 20s is when you should be figuring out everything how love works for you how it doesn't work what you're passionate about in terms of career you know unpacking all sorts of shit from you know 
10, 15 years ago. Shit. Like that's when you're supposed to, I feel like the twenties is when you're setting your life up. It's not when it's like adults now figure it out. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work that way. So it's mind numbing to me. The amount of people that are 22, 23, 24 years old. And they're just like, I don't get life. And I just feel like I'm just going to be all fucked up and I'm oh, never going to get it. Like, bitch, <laughs> what? It doesn't work that so way. So many things can happen. You don't know shit yet. Anything could happen. Your 20s, you're still setting up your life. I look back at my 20s and it's full of a lot of ridiculous stories, crazy things that me and my friends did and terrible jobs and, you know, shitty people and coping with stuff and reacting to stuff and all this. But it's not, I didn't have this issue of like, Oh, I just feel like I'm not prospering enough. I feel like I'm not successful enough because what success, it just is so personal. What that means is so personal to you. And where you are does not have shit to do with where anybody else is or vice versa. It's not an indication of like your worth or who you will be as an adult. So it's just one person. Let in it go. This big, stupid world. Yep. One tiny dot. It's like there's no reason to be driving yourself crazy when you're practically a baby trying to figure everything the fuck out right then and there. And a lot of our parents, like, I think my mom was maybe 23 when she had me, 22 or something. A lot of generations before us, um, you know, they did have to figure shit out really early on. And that was almost the norm to be married and whatnot in your early Mm -hmm. 20s and having kids and, you know, raising a house and all that other shit. But look how so many of those people are fucked beyond belief. at it. And shattering (laughs) your entire existence with their own personal trauma. That's right. So That's another part of growing up. You look at your parents and you're like, hmm, you are a human and you fucked this up. And this this was on you. So yeah good luck to you um i would say stick with the therapy i think she's really just trying to help and your anxiety is is you know causing you to be annoyed by this but yeah therapy is it's it takes a minute you know asking you you know why you came in today that's pretty that's pretty standard sis. yeah the girls would go into like one therapy session and just be like it doesn't work for me that lady don't know you <laughs> yeah therapy has gotten better the more i've been with this lady so because we get past what I thought my issues were and getting to what the real issues were, which is so fun. Can't and if recommend it enough, if your therapist is doing, I don't want to say if they're doing their job right, because I don't know what it takes. But like my therapist, I will be talking about things sometimes that I'm going through or feeling. And she'll be like, yeah, because, you know, a year and a half ago, you this happened and such. Mm-hmm. such and, that. and I'm just like. I forgot I told you that shit. So like, <laughs> yep. like there's like record of all of these things that we're discussing. And so it's almost like she can piece things together yes. and help for me to realize um, how I process things, how I deal with things, type of decisions I make and why and all that other shit. So it, it takes more than just a handful of sessions sometimes for you to get like a real benefit Definitely. out of it. Definitely. But um, yeah, I agree. Like it's, you're way too young to yeah. be worried about those big things girl like, girl you're doing just fine go so. have a cosmopolitan <laughs> yeah go hit on somebody yeah and just chill enjoy dating or not because i'm this or, fucking shit show out there nah. but you know you're putting too much pressure on yourself for no good reason and best of luck to you yeah my therapist like if i say i'm fucked up she'll be like but you're a lot less fucked up than when we met i'm like Okay, you're not wrong. Fair like enough. somebody to put it in perspective for you. So keep with it. Uh, best of luck to you. If you have questions for us, send them to asktheread at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with Lil Rail. 
Hey guys, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace's leading virtual therapy provider is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or exhilarating. Personally, I find it to be all of these things depending on the time and time. But if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you'll gain insights and uncover truths that you can find only in therapy. Personally, I'm therapy constantly. It's one of the most important things in my life right now, to be honest with you. And it is just, it makes a difference knowing that you have someone somewhere uh, that is judgment-free, that is unbiased, that can hear you out. And it being Mental Health Awareness Month is the time, if it's been on your mind, to give it a try. Celebrate May Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking out in therapy. Talkspace is offering every listener of The Read $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. When you go to Talkspace.com slash read to match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash read to get $80 off your first month with the code SPACE80. And to show your support for the show, that's Talkspace.com slash R-E-A-D code S-P-A-C-E-8. Zero. Go get some help. Talk some stuff out. Let's get back to the show. All right, y'all. So we are back with a special guest. I'm sure you probably saw the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. So you know that Lil Rel is here with us today. Yeah. What up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's here to uh, to talk about a new film coming out in this Valentine's Day. The uh, photograph. The photograph. The yeah. photograph. Yes. You play um Kyle. Yeah. I play uh, Lakeith's, well, Michael's brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's dope just to be like this cool married dude, you know, successful. He got a brownstone. He still got his wife, the kids. Tiana Paris is, the, is his wife? I love Tiana. As my, I almost, I probably spoke that up in my head. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> y'all, you know, I've seen the clips. Y'all was looking pretty comfortable yeah, on that very couch. Cozy. Yeah, yeah, the acting. I've always knew we had good chemistry, though. Like, yeah. she is something really dope about it. I've seen her stuff and it was like, like being a huge fan, but yeah. like, I don't know. Every once in a while, I do that. I look at someone like, hmm, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah that look right. Me and I you look right together. Be my a couple of screen. ideas. <laughs> that, that will never happen. <laughs> but yeah, the photograph is a new movie coming out, starring Issa, Lakeith, uh, yourself, Tiana Paris, Courtney B. Vance is in it, mm-hmm. Alon Knowles, and a lot of talent. Yes, in yes. this film. And from what I know, it is about this girl who had a an extreme. Exchange and a strange relationship with our mother. Strange. And um, I thought I knew all the words, but <laughs> I learned a new one. Exchange. Um, but yeah, she basically goes through these old photos of of her mother and starts to learn more about who her mom was at a younger age. Yeah. Um, I'm trying I'm to understand really, some of the things her mother did, her the choices she made and stuff like that. I saw the director, Stella uh, McGee, talk about it in an interview that she did. And I was really fascinated about the idea of like, when you see older photographs of your parents when they're around your age or younger, yes. and you really don't know that person at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would like to. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't want to know what my Damn. mom or daddy was running around doing Listen, at 30, 20, 16. I can't imagine. Please well, you know, know something you hear humanizing that way though. I, I remember my mom had um she had I was looking for something one day and I had to find like a diary of something she wrote when she was probably like 23, 24 wow. she just got married to my dad and was pregnant with me and it was so honest you know about being this young wife and just how like kind of like scary that is mm-hmm. and I remember telling her like yo I didn't mean to but I read your diary 
And she was okay with because it was so well written. That's when the first time I was telling her, like, maybe you should write a book. Yo, like, this is <laughs> yeah. really good. Like, yeah. it's one of the most honest things. But then I, but that was the first moment for me when I'm like, damn, man, I, I might, we think of our parents as these superheroes that mm-hmm. should know everything. But I'm like, Yo, how did you do? Like, you were only 24. That had to yeah. be crazy. Tough. Yeah, I think about that. Like, my mama was my age with two kids and a husband. Fuck out of here. What? <laughs> yeah. That sounds like stress and, like, mess. Like, how was she not just sad every yeah. day? I don't know how they fed us. Like, yeah. based on what every they made. Day. I'm like, how the fuck do we eat, man? Yeah. Yeah, my mama cooked, like, Two, three times a day, every single day. That boggles my mind. But yeah, so like you said, it is it's wild because as you get older, you look at your parents and you kind of see that they are human beings, whole ass people. Like when you're a kid, they are just your parent. They run your world because that's how it's supposed to be. And you get frustrated with them, right? Yeah. About shit that's dumb. Like you're like, yo, I'm wrong for this. Like, and it wasn't until I had kids and once again I got older. That I understood, every, like even like taking care of my dad. My mom passed oh nine, so we take care of my pops. But like <laughs> the stuff that used to frustrate her, we didn't really understand. Like stop picking on daddy. Yeah. And then when I had to start like paying his bills, like nigga, you ain't you ain't pay the light bill. What the f- who you call? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like yeah, I was on the phone with them for hours. No, you wasn't. They they never heard from you, brother. <laughs> you been doing this? Jesus. Yeah. I see why she was frustrated with you. <laughs> right. You was kind of irresponsible. I mean, you worked every day, but you was a little irresponsible, just not too yeah. bright on the bill pass. Like, you just start understanding who yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. what they dynamic was. Oh, that's yeah. why mom was in charge of this. And that's mm. why, I, like, oh, you worked right. hard, brother, but yeah, we, yeah. Working yeah. hard ain't all it takes to be a husband and a father at the same time. Yeah, but that's so why it's like, a team. It's a team. When you, if you, I was able to grow up and see them be teammates. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Oh, that's yeah. Nice. And I understood what they're di- Like, even when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and this is, I mean, it's, it's dark, but it's a true story. She had came out the hospital and she was crying. She was hurting. I started crying. I'm hugging her. And my dad was just like, hey, man, shut that shit up. <laughs> oh, said, my God. What? what? Yeah, cut those goddamn tears off. I'm like, am I about to fight this nigga in front of, <laughs> right, in front of the hospital? I'm about what? to fight my daddy. Oh my right. God. But then she stopped crying. And he was like, yo, you, we going to fight this. We got this. you know. And I knew that mm. dynamic of, oh, damn, that's there. All right, my bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when they, if they have had a connection for that long, then maybe he sees like he just, what she he needs. Just, is, he just is some he knew how to push her. He yeah. knew how to push her and vice versa. So I it, you know, and they both had I literally has like the the time she checked us was when his check was short one time. I was like eight years old. He promised to take us to Pizza Hut, and that was a big deal for our family uh, to go to Pizza uh, Hut. Me too. Oh, yes. yeah, we go to Pizza Hut. Luxury experience. Can't tell nobody go to Pizza Hut. We go to Pizza Hut. Right, bitch. It's a special day. Pizza Hut different now, but back then Pizza Hut was a special day. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Pizza Hut. Yes. You could sit down and That's just right. like, actually have a meal have at a pizza table. Not at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Right, we and uh but his check was short. And, you know, we being kids. Like, you said we was going to Pizza Hut. We doing that. My mama said, let me holler at y'all, right? She pulled us out the room. Oh, shit. <laughs> pulled us to the side. Let me say this. This is it. That is your daddy. Okay, but that's my husband. Don't you ever disrespect him like that again. Wow. He had no, I, you know, he didn't know his check was going to be short. She went through this thing. We was like, all right, lady, my bad. Right. <laughs> I need to get on your man. You Very know? much like, mind your business. We've been doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just got here. But I, I appreciate that they had, they always had this dynamic of like, and then went until I got older till I, I literally appreciated so many things about that. And this movie kind of sparked that for me after I did it, even watched it again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, because even like wedding pictures I got in my kitchen in my career, like their wedding photo is so interesting to me because I don't know who some of those other people is. <laughs> right. Right. Like, who the hell was the ring? Who's this dude? You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you still friends? 
has to do with the thick sideburns? Or who's it? like, you know, like these random people. Yeah. Pictures are so fascinating. I think yeah. when people see this movie, it's kind of going to make you look at some pictures and maybe just ask your, your, you know, whoever's in your family, like, who is this? Yeah. What was going on here? What bur- was this a mm-hmm. birthday party with barbecue? Like, yeah. it's so fascinating what what these, uh, especially the old school pictures in those albums. You I was just about to say that. Yes. Like, wait, 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 pull it out. My it's- grandma had like 30 albums. Straight up. Mm-hmm. And it was like one for all the grandkids and then just a whole bunch of other ones. And that is something we missing now with this digital era. Oh, yeah. yep. People just don't keep albums like that no more. My but it used to be your stacks. only connection to all yeah. your people. Yeah. Yep. We held on to them shit. So Every time real. I go home, I like sneak into mm-hmm. the, like a little tiny cupboard somewhere that has like huge, I mean, stacks. Because my dad, when when he first had his kids, one of the first things he did was get a camera. And my mm-hmm. grandmother uh, got him like a video mm-hmm. recorder. And so he was in our face taking pictures constantly. Me, my cousins, everybody. So we have stacks of them. And every time I go home, I always sneak in there and steal a couple and take them back. Yeah. Oh, I do that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you? That's crazy. When's the last time y'all even looked at these? Right. But there are pictures in there from like all ages, not even just them, like my grandmother, grandfather, all of them in these lives that I absolutely never knew. There's a photo of my mother who basically has my face. Or That's I have right. Hers. That's correct. And she's just got these pigtails and like a little, like some bell bottoms on or whatever. She looked like she's probably a young teen. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I wonder if she was bad like I was or if she was more <laughs> studious. Because some of the traits I get from her and others are from other people. So I was just like, well, yeah. I wonder what she was like in Jamaica running around in these bell bottoms at 14 or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's interesting because Issa's character is kind of going through the same thing, wondering mm. what she got from her mom or why is she this way? Yeah. And the movie is not just about romantic love, but all these yeah. other kind of connections and how our connections with other people influence the way we treat others, mm. influence the way we treat our kids. So I like that the movie is like, is a romance clearly is coming out on, right. on Valentine's Day but yeah. there's a lot more behind the story it's a lot of family stuff in there yes. that's why I think if you do watch it with family it'd be kind of dope because you will have a conversation about some things after that yeah. you know, it's some it's some honest conversation sometimes you need to have with whoever's raised you or had a big part of being in your life yeah. where it's like yo why am I like this what happened to you like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. what did something else happen I don't remember like right. wait, for real and like they if hopefully they're honest enough to tell you you know I, like what I do with my kids right I do like these because um, they're like they you know they Brittany and Judah are really tight in age so like they always getting into it with each other it's just mm-hmm. what it is unrelatable yeah. so then what I do is instead of like disciplining them and like you should do this I tell them childhood stories from me doing similar stuff mm. you know and it's, it became a thing where they be like can we get a real childhood story <laughs> And I tell him some, and I told him one story that I never told the truth to. Like it was a window, cause you know me and my siblings, we was close. Me and my brothers, it was a window in our room, and they kept telling us not to put our feet on it, but we kept doing it. And one day it broke. Oh my but god! But we blamed this dope thing. Oh, that's a true story. <laughs> Yo, shit. We played this dope thing right that was the neighborhood, and like they were looking for him, but he didn't. He didn't even know if he did it or not. He just like, oh, I'm sorry. Man. He was like, oh, no. He's so Not they went and pressed him about yeah, it. Yeah, but there was no real proof that he did it. Like, where the brick at? Like, oh, no, it fell. I guess it bounced. Like, whatever we right. said, it was just whatever. Oh, my God. took pick it up and ran with it. <laughs> Y'all weren't going down for that one. <laughs> so I tell my kids this story. Right? I tell them that just to tell them how close me and my brothers was. Like, no, but we kept that to ourselves. Right. You know, sometimes it is what it is. Y'all going to have your own thing that we may not know, but that y'all, y'all siblings. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? These two go tell my father <laughs> <laughs> what really happened, right? 
I get a call from him. He's like, hey, man. So, no, don't. Wait, he ain't throw no brick at the window? I'm like, what? Come on, man. I'm 35, man. What, what is that? Okay, yes. We had a foot on the way. You still mad about that? That man, is hilarious. You can come with me about it. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Why would y'all go tell him about the kids? Snitched to grandpa. <laughs> because they was just strengthening the ties with granddaddy. They was, so, they, they was. was they just told it like, they like, yeah, we told him. Like, fam, it was nice. <laughs> I told you we didn't tell the truth. Oh man! <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of your kids, I follow you on Instagram. Yeah. I love how you hype them up. Yeah. Um, you post you know stuff with them all the time. Y'all hanging out, and yeah. you are so busy. You got all kinds of projects. You got a coming ton out. of stuff coming out. Everything. Yeah. You are you yeah. are everywhere, and we love it. But how do you keep up with them with your schedule being as busy? I mean, as luckily we have Facetime now, which helps a lot. Oh, does of huge, course. <laughs> huge thing. Yeah. You know? And which I be thinking about that all the time with like long distance dads from like in the 80s and like mm-hmm. man, how did you do this bro like you you know that's when Phone collect calls, calls was still yeah. a thing, you know what I mean? you had like, to pay the call long distance man yo that had to be you really had to love your kid like hey man I, uh, god I gotta talk to him but, I yeah. love you but toss me $45 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah not a dollar 49 a minute but you do that though I, I fly them out as much as I can um you know I, I love being a dad and that, like they give me that like I don't know it just calms me down being around them they so cool uh, me and Brittany, my daughter is extremely close. It's like I believe she's like my best friend. To be honest, oh. she, like I really, she's like the only person that really check on me, and you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like ask how things was going, how was your day, was the script good, how was your meeting. She oh. like asked specific things. I told yeah. her like, yo, this is your bread, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I love you, boo. Yeah, she checking up, making sure she, her money is looking she, right. She, she, she's so smart. Like, I guess if guys really good, little girls are probably the best. I mean, having a son is dope and sons are cool and everything, but a daddy-daughter relationship is on a whole nother level. Like, it's, I think it's the closest thing you get to your mother's love. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. for real. Like I, I, and I, One of my favorite movies is Father of the Bride. Oh, so that movie like, is hilarious. It's so funny, but like, I remember watching it as a young, when I was young, and I just thought it was good. And then I had a daughter, and you really understand. So, like, the last time I watched it was on a plane, and I'm like, I'm on that tearing up. Like, oh, uh, Lord. I'm like, whoa, this is too, I've seen this movie yeah. at least mm-hmm. 15 times. Yes. Yeah. But now it's different for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's different like, oh, now that wow, you are the, the daddy. daddy. Yeah. Right, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I just like Steve Martin at first, but now it's like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> was she excited when Beyonce put y'all in the brown skin girl video she loved when Beyonce did I was that. so hyped for y'all like Beyonce, I knew y'all I, I like like Miss Tina is who I've gotten close to that's like my second mama oh yeah oh she be posting you yo it's it's like the it's I don't know it's something I didn't know I needed you know my mom been gone for a while now so you know you kind of get used to like doing things without that yeah and just Miss Tina just like Kind of out of nowhere, just became, oh. and everybody kept saying it to me, right? Because I see like Kelly, and they're like, "Look, Miss Tina, love you." Like, like love you. <laughs> I'm like, "All right, child." And it went to like this Rock Nation brunch, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's really what it is." And uh, I was asking Jay, like, "Yo, man, can Rock? I think I would love for Rock Nation to put out my special as an album for him because I want to try to get a Grammy or something next year." Mm-hmm. He's like, "It's done deal." I said, "We don't have to. What? We need to have a meeting about it, <laughs> right?" I said, "Dude, if I don't do this, Miss Tina would be mad." Wow! <laughs> I gotta do whatever Mama says. That, that is like, one of the most iconic things has. I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I, and I'm serious because it, 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 even that day, like, because me and Beyonce, I've been around her, but I never asked for a picture because I don't like doing yeah. it. Like, I'll right. see you again. Everybody whatever. do that. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, let's get a picture this time. I don't know who took it. I don't know where it's at. We took it. <laughs> she just pointed at somebody. They took a picture. Like, <laughs> And it, <laughs> I, I, it. Where the camera is. I don't right. know what this yeah. picture is. 
and we took house. the picture and, and I'm like yo can we get a picture he's like you're my brother yes you're family <gasps> but Miss Tina she comes oh, to everything she, wow. she'll write me a prayer every once in a while she'll just like send random texts to me and just <gasps> tell me how good of a father I am how proud I didn't know I needed that and then it's like one day I, had, I just hit her like you know some, you and my mom would have been so close she's such a just you could you know people be trying to find other ways why people successful and all this other stuff like yeah you join this you're an Illuminati and they actually just good people mm. and I think that's dope about them like they just good people like some like, yeah don't get me wrong it'd be some extra people out here but like it ain't them yeah that warms my heart the fact that Miss Tina is like you know what this right here is my little baby to the fact where Jay is not finna <laughs> it's like not even a question yes. whatever you want to do it's up. fine it's yeah. understood he said I have no choice I'm like alright <laughs> okay well uh, we await the paperwork then <laughs> she's so man, she's such a I, I just that's beautiful she's such a dope person like I, I she's so supportive too man like she be coming to everything you know? I'm like alright it's like yeah, because it's, it surprises everybody else. Because it's no big deal to me no more. They are like, yo, Miss so... Tina loves you, dude. That Beyonce mom. Calm down. She just chilling with you. Please, please. That's my Annie. She Excuse made our outfits for her gala. She went and shopped for me and my kids. Oh my I, god! I told her I wanted to come, and I'm like, I didn't have time to buy anything. And like, you, don't, I'm like, you don't. This is your. You don't have to do this. Right. This is your shit. You, you literally don't have to. Please. <laughs> I don't want your family starting thinking I'm taking advantage of you. <laughs> you don't have to, but she, that's who she She was is. like, it ain't nothing to break that sewing machine out. It she ain't nothing. She just went and bought us. And she just went shopping. And the, she had the gala to get ready. Yeah. And went shopping for me and my kids. That's like, beautiful. Like, that's beautiful. Are you yeah. so nice? It's like, did I do something? <laughs> She's so nice. But I love I, that. That's, yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful too. relationship. That's a beautiful yeah, thing to have. That's my favorite person. I love her. So <laughs> this romance film, um, what could you say for niggas like myself who may not be the largest fans of romance films, romance comedies, because my heart is dead and cold. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> there will be several motherfuckers who are getting dragged out to go see this movie after dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. That's right. You already sort of talked about, you the know, Cheesecake Factory. I mean, because chocolate bread, you have to right, have it. You have to it's, have the, it's the tradition. Um, but like, you already talked about how there's more than just this romantic love in the yeah. film family love. Like, what sets this apart, do you think, than what may be expected from a romantic film? Well, you know something? Because um, it's more geared towards our time of being single in a way, right? And it shows the, you know, it does go do a time thing where it goes, yeah. back, you know. Yeah. But I like the fact, like, especially with Issa and Lakeith's character, like, they, they do represent the modern, like, kind of like, you know, I, we got in this weird place where we, like you like you said, your heart is cold. Well, I think a lot of people just kind of either have a force field up or they sabotage. Like, if it's too good, you're like, nah, I'm just waiting on, like, you're almost waiting on the mm-hmm. yep. to mess up. Leave you know me what alone. Oh, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> oh, no. You're talking I'm about me right now. One of my close friends, oh, we just had this conversation, and she's, she's literally happy. She's so happy. Oh, man. But she do not trust the happiness. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Leave me alone. That I'm is, like, yeah. yo, he ain't did nothing. Let that man live. Like, let you like him. It's okay. It's okay to really like him. Like, he really, he's doing all the right things. 
Yeah. Wow, I'm feeling very attacked right she's now. She's like, it's almost like she's waiting for it. Like she just, instead of enjoying it, she's waiting on it to mess up. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, universe. And relatable. It. All right. Yes. And like the character uh, that Issa plays, May, is sort of comes off as being a bit cold and not receptive to love. She even says it at one part in the trailer that, you know, she doesn't want, um, she doesn't want like her love for him to. Like she doesn't want to be afraid to love yeah. him, basically. Like she acknowledges it. I can't remember the line itself. But like I think that that in itself is fascinating, uh, especially for her when a lot of her roles are more comedic based and a little, you know. Yeah. This is straight dramatic for Issa, and she does such a great job. You know, I think I like when I see, especially my friends, um, go outside the box. Like, look, Keith is just a beast. It's his. You know, all, everything's different. And that's cool for him because he's he hasn't done this yet. Like mm-hmm. when he places yeah. His love interest, you know, like, you know, like Keaton put us up in the sex symbol position. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was gunning for that long before he was, you know, booking three roles a week. Probably so. Yeah. He just, he's a talented dude. And I like that it is both of them stepping into lanes that they usually don't. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job. Their chemistry is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what everybody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just. I like I watched the movie already four times and I'm probably gonna see cause I, but I like romance stuff and that type of thing that's Aww. my thing mm-hmm. uh, but it's such I like when I do projects where I love the cast like yeah. I know them in it but like I like watching all them work okay you know what I'm saying and yeah. then everybody's killing it and it's just such a beautiful story I mean and people need to see some love without some crazy trauma attached to it that's a huge fact <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's a big That's big another fact. thing. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. like, there's no big devastation. No like, you slept with my twin sister and got yeah. her pregnant. Like mm. that's what that's what I love about my character, me and Tiana. We just a happy couple. Like we never put a good couple to be an example to the other couples in most of these movies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. some of the movies we love, it'd be some traumatic married people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You watch Love Jones. Most that, of them. That was a crazy married couple. <laughs> they they couldn't help. No, well, you got to get advice from single people. And y'all supposed to be the one. Y'all, y'all did this. Yeah. Mm. That's insane. That's half our inbox. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> Sad yeah, for, sure. for y'all. But that's what's great about it, though. I, I think, like, just, you know, it's just coming from a place of love with everything. Even me and Lakeith's relationship, I like, you know, we showing two brothers that do love each other. Yeah, you know, we we like two black men showing love is what it is, and making him own up to his BS. You know, it's not we taking away from the boys club thing. We're yeah, like, he's single. Do what you want, man. Yeah, play him. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, my character, like, no, nah, bro. Like, I'm more worried about the girls. Like, hey, no, 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 no. You need to get it together, brother. <laughs> you can't be breaking hearts. You ain't ready for him. Fantastic. What are you doing? Go off, Stella. More black men need that kind of mentor and role modeling voice in their head yeah. as opposed to the one who is telling you to go out there and lie to as many women as possible. So, a lot of us exist. I am, and my friends will tell you this, I am that guy. Like, and I, I'm, a, I'm a divorce guy and everything I went through, I, the advice I get, which is crazy because I should, based on what, you know, happens when you get divorced, you back out here, I should be giving out advice like, man, forget all that, get it in, bro. Like, I could do it because I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't do that. Like, and I've, saved a couple of my homies marriages like no bro like you're wrong you cannot do this wow it's just somebody you to say literally Yo, can't. and they still friends with if you, you imagine because, that you know and that's what it is like you gotta be a man. man bro like i don't hate you i get it but like you're not gonna be it's gonna come back on you yeah yeah do you really want that karma because now you got this fake argument knowing you wrong mm-hmm the whole time you know you wrong bro yeah just arguing you, just to you, piss you're, off you're literally just arguing back you try to make up stuff you get like you're wrong <laughs> 
You, it doesn't make sense. You want that energy? Yeah. Either that or just leave, bro. And sometimes that's just what people are used <laughs> like, to. Here you go. Yes. That same cycle of mm, like chaos, you know, and mess. distrust yep. and making stuff up and whatnot. And I think it's actually really fascinating that you're saying that that your character is like anti that because mm-hmm. another thing that's so common in romance films is the char- the male character who is single who gives them to. Her. I call it like the Martin complex. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I, I used like that. Martin. <laughs> had mm-hmm. Cole and Tommy that consistently gave him piss poor advice. <laughs> and it was Gina who in the end of the episode would be like, you know that that shit don't make no sense. Right? <laughs> so like even if mine was about to make sense. Yeah, yeah. Cole and Tommy he was this him close right out of yeah. to doing it's the right like, thing. Oh no. <laughs> so we've seen that character so many times. Yeah. But yeah, that's like really that it sets it up in a few different ways besides Issa Rae and, and Lakeith and all these people mm-hmm. just being fine and then being fine together and possibly having <laughs> I mean, the, love scenes. The He's ending so is is I can't wait to come out because I love to talk about that again because I Stella did something that I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And that's kind of opposite of what it's usually done in stories mm-hmm. like that. Opposite what people might expect going into it. Mm-hmm. Or once you learn a little bit more about the characters. Yeah. So had you worked with anybody before? Anybody on the cast before? Yeah, Issa. Yeah. You know, I did Insecure. Yep. Oh, right. Yes, um, of course. And then, you know, Lakeith Get Out. Uh, you have another movie coming out this year? <laughs> I got... You got like five movies coming, coming out. Yeah, I know you have a ton of movies. But you're working... Lakeith is in another film that you Yeah, we just... We did the Fred Hampton. Yes. I forgot about that. That's probably five. I totally forgot Jesus. Lakeith was in Get Out. Yes, he was the nigga that. Yeah. Yes. That didn't get out. He's, right. He's that did, that yeah. warned him to get out. Yeah. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. But yes, that that Fred Hampton movie. Fred Hampton. Movie. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. That's like it's a it's a it's a um it's a it's a, it's a heartbreaking true story. Mm-hmm. You know that man was yeah. only like twenty one, like, and he was a he was so smart. And he was so like. You know how crazy it is. They gotta set to kill you. You that you that young, mm-hmm. and the government kills you. Yeah, that's that's scary. They scared yeah. of you at that age. Yeah. Like that means oh, yeah. you had a lot more coming. You had a lot more power and fire yeah. inside. Which of is you. unfortunate because all he was doing was just just he really cared about his community. He went even at a point like which is I don't know. I, well, you know you can no, read you, it, you can, you can, you can read it. up on this stuff, but it's just like <laughs> yeah. yo, like you know, the, just being a threat, man. Yeah. You know, and just a lot of times we got to watch us, you know what I'm saying? Because that's who I think, you know, most of our legendary black people that's been assassinated, killed, it's always been an inside job. Mm-hmm. It's never them directly doing it. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. find some Negroes who willing to help. Oh, yeah. You just Absolutely. the one who went to the FBI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody know it. The rest of us was planning and your ass was over there taking Man, notes. I think that happened with everybody. You know, Dick Gregory was saying it for years, man. And, you know, they didn't kill him because they knew nobody would listen. Cause he's a comedian. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah those like, are jokes. Yeah. yeah, but that Fred nigga, he got to go. Yeah, yeah. He got to go. I mean, I think the U.S. government has always been scared of black unity. Anybody who yeah. looks like mm-hmm. they bringing us together and pointing out the bullshit behind what well, they. Well, you know something, but they always you understand this was like a. I always say it not to be like they were like a, it was an evil genius plan created probably right when they thought they told us slavery was done. Mm-hmm. They wanted us to make it seem like that because you know that that was all. A money thing, really. You know, you think about how we live, how we always spend our bread, even we ain't got it for real. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's true. They give oh, us a yes. tax return, we get that shit right back. Yep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's sure like, do. Damn, yo. But so, like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, they, it was just, they planned this 
to the T. Yeah. And it's like, damn. Which is why I put nothing past this government. That's right. But that's why you got to be on it too. Like, you know, when people's mad at Jay for like dealing with the NFL, but like, you got to know which white people you're dealing with now. Like these, like I get deep, but it's like the, I learned, <laughs> okay. it's like the slave masters kids who like wanted to hang out with us and like be friends and like, and now everybody want to be like us. So they, they, yeah, they'll let that man get, get some stake in that. Cause they love hip hop. They want to be like, it, we have a window to take advantage of some things. If we recognize uh, mm. who we are and what we can do. But you know, my last question, um, is there like, one photograph of yourself that you would want for your kids to see first that they have not seen? And is there a last photograph that you would <laughs> really not like them to see at all? Uh, let me see. The f- one I would like them to see, it's a, it's a, which I've showed them a bunch of them, but it's like, I like showing a little kid me with my, <laughs> my glasses was bigger than my face. On <laughs> my hair was all greasy. You know, your mom put the extra grease in your hair because it's picture, picture day. day. Yep. You got to hold your suit down. Like I'll this. have the same life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I like showing them that too, just because, you know, you know, I'm like, yo, that was a, I was a very little confident kid. Even though I look funny looking, I was so confident. And it was based off my mom and just, you know, all of them just telling me that I was dope. But I was like, when I look at pictures, I'm like, I was so confident. I was crazy lucky. <laughs> I was so damn confident. You couldn't tell me nothing. That's right. In my head, I thought I looked like Dwayne Wayne. Like, the way I look now <laughs> is exactly how I pictured myself to look. I, I was like, one day I'm going to have a beard and then I'm going to buy my own frames. Like, <laughs> I look exactly how I want to look. Did. A picture I wouldn't want them to see is, it's a, uh, oh God, it's so funny. I went to Jamaica maybe like like five, six years ago. And I was like at my heaviest. I gained a lot of weight. I don't know why I was so confident on that beach. It just look, I just think about that picture because it was like, like you ever go to like a resort, right? And you first get there, everybody kind of weird. Like, oh, I ain't going to show up. And you see like the old white couple and they like, yes. feel Fuck weird. They like, that. they don't care. You're like, yep. you know something? If they doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> if they come oh vacation, God. they don't give yes. a damn. They don't give a damn. That's Skin right. coming off they like, I don't care. Right. for a vacation and they don't fucking vacate. I live vacate. my whole life and I'm butt right. naked now. That is correct. You know what? You're right. Fuck that. You're right. Let's all do this. That's right. No. But if it's a picture of me standing next to one of the couples, it just looked really weird. So I don't want you to see that. I, hopefully, it's nowhere floating around. Good answer. God damn. Uh, well, we're going to let you go. I know that you are uh, going to be in the Celebrity All-Star Game this week. So yes. Look, heard that you you training for real. You're not, no, you're not I mean, coming to joke. Well, this is, this is a crazy thing about it. I've already, like, I did take on, like, a healthier lifestyle. I'm, I'm like, some workout junkie now and box all the time, all that shit, and got mm-hmm. everything in my house. But, that's, but I do that because it, it started giving me energy for everything. That's why like, I think oh, all the yeah. films you're going to see coming up is like, I think the better performances I've done, like yeah. with more energy, more focus. Um, but no, for this, I was always a hooper, you know what I'm saying? So like to kind of be a sh- back in shape now, like red, like I'm look, I'm not, this might be the last basketball game I play. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I could, like yeah. the last practice we had, I was like, all right, I could tell this can't keep happening. Like, I'm going to ball out on Friday, though. Okay. I'm, I'm very excited. Like, Quavo could, like, Quavo yes. could hoop, man. Oh, can he? I saw a clip of man, him playing yo. basketball recently with, like, Drake or somebody. Quavo's yeah, like that team, though, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, man, y'all ain't, y'all ain't call me, man. Yeah, Quavo played basketball for real. Oh, okay. 
okay. Justin Bieber could play. He said, why y'all didn't yeah. call me? I was like, like yo, because we was all, we was at the, the Jimmy Fallon show. And I'm yeah. like, yo, what's up, bro? He's like, hey, man, just get him involved, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you move out of the way. I'll get you a five or six. Let me shoot, On that note, <laughs> good luck to you and Quavo. The photograph in theaters February 14th. Go see it. Lil Rel, thank you so much for being here. Thank we appreciate you. you. Thanks for having me. On the read. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. Hey, y'all, we are back. It is now time for the read. It is. So I have three things to say, but I really don't think it should take that long. Number one, um, I never expected. That I would ever have to talk about Chet Hanks again. Chet Hanks, a.k.a. Shabba, no thanks. <laughs> Has been all over the internet. Yeah, man. <laughs> trying to speak in what some of you call a Jamaican uh, accent. Uh, um, Is it bad? Is that a bad Jamaican accent? I didn't listen to any of it. Oh, okay. Because why would I ever do that? I care about myself. Okay. Um, But I know how he carries on. So, you know, <laughs> you're not wrong. I just let my prior knowledge of this young man do the work for me. And I'm sure it's the worst. Uh, but, you know, he has been steadfast in his ignorance and feels as though there's nothing wrong with him randomly being some child from Silver Spoon ass, wherever the fuck he's from. Mm-hmm. Speaking Patois attempting to. Yeah. For what? I'm not sure. But anyway, this is really not so much about Kali Budweiser as it is about the rest of y'all. Nigga. I just, um, (laughs) I get tagged in a lot of it because y'all like tagging us in things that, you know, will upset us. And on one of the things I saw people in the comments, well, he had actually come forward and basically was trying to defend him appropriating yet another black culture um and you know wine 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 why can't i what's the big deal um, why are we so obsessed with theft or whatever the fuck it is mm-hmm. he said. um i saw so many black people mostly women defending this shit and layers so i saw like a lot of um mostly what seemed to be black American people probably saying, well, all the Jamaican people talking about this don't seem to have a problem with it. So I don't understand why anybody is upset. What? First of all, girl, the only reason that you only see those people saying that kind of stuff is because all you read is the shade room. So do you know any Jamaicans to be talking like this? That seems a bit wild to, furthermore, to say <laughs> as someone who's born here in America, raised Jamaican, I can confidently tell you that a good portion of them same people that are cool with it or think it's funny or cute would never give a fuck about anything that you're going through as a black American person. Like a lot of Jamaican people look down on black Americans. You can try to fight or sue me because, you know what I mean? Um, Now I'm not saying all of those people, but I'm saying, you know, probably don't defend bullshit when you Mm. don't have like a grander view of it, especially if it's really just because a, it's not a a culture that you are attached to and B, you really just think that this white boy is cute. Mm. Like you can say that if you just be like, you know what, this shit is weird, but Chet Hanks cute. So I'm cool with it. Like, 
just do that and then you can figure out how to be his next black baby mama and deal with the fact that he literally said he can say nigga all the fuck he wants to and it ain't nobody gonna do shit about it so I was really just uh, annoyed by the amount of supposed Jamaican people um defending it and then people weirdly being like well Jamaicans ain't mad about it so why should we be mad about it bitch first of all like he basically said I can call y'all niggas if I want to anyway like years before like you could read yeah just read there's that um next I found it interesting that after Hair Love won this award that apparently people were making fun of Summer Walker for shaving her head or something like that what saw a clip of Summer Walker with like a shaved head showing off that you know she cut her hair and I saw lots of comments about support and or giving her support Mm -hmm. and in fairness and saying how pretty she is but then I also saw the dumb very small-minded jokes and it's like a why are we still doing this it's i don't hair. even get it what is there to joke about the fact that she don't have no hair i like niggas are so she weird looks with the hair why she cut the hair and all this other just whatever jokes could possibly fly oh, i was like not only do i just feel like it's late for us to still be doing that type of shit but at the same time like a lot of y'all bitches were making them jokes honestly you should be shaving your head and starting your hair drawing your over as well so it just felt like well, there is that. the plank in your eye. You should just mind that. <laughs> I mean, hoes be focused on that length. They don't want to let it go. But like, sis, your ends are all chewed up. In most cases, like your hair grows back. If it doesn't, it's hair. It isn't platinum. It's not gold. <laughs> it's hair. Yes. So it this shouldn't even still be a thing. Um, and lastly, um, to those of you who are at the Academy Awards this year, um, I feel confident that it is like it is requested by the people that produce the Academy Awards that during the is it a, is it pronounced memoriam mm-hmm. that you hold applause until it's over. Why were y'all niggas behaving like you were at your baby graduation? This is like I don't know. Like, how are you? <laughs> I noticed that. I actually did notice that. How like, could you what not? What are y'all doing? Nigga, let Billie Eilish sing this song or whatever and then put a, a, the photographs and clips of all of these people who have passed up there. When it is done, one unified clap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Please. Then uh, it's just so cringy to be watched. And it's like, other than Billie, who has a soft ass voice anyway, mm-hmm. dead silent in here. As these pictures are going up, we're talking about people that are loved, families that are still grieving them, mm-hmm. that that means a lot to them, and it's just silent. And then all of a sudden, Bob Blank comes up, and there's thunderous applause from Section G. Like, that's awkward, and yeah. it's weird. If, like, you should, you're talking about pain, like, people, like, lost loved ones. So, to clap for some and not clap for others is tacky. It's gross. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you could have been inside that auditorium or wherever the fuck Damn. and not felt how cringy that was enough to be like you know what they did it over there in section G but we're not going to do it anymore because that was weird it happened throughout the whole ass thing I feel comfortable saying (laughs) because again if they will do this at high school and college graduations when they know damn well we're going to clap for our kids anyway I feel fairly certain that for situations like this, it's probably common knowledge that you should hold applause. I don't know if they f- like flat out say it or oh, what. Oh, they definitely do. They beg y'all to please hold your applause. And y'all do not do it. But what? 
Yeah, gross. Yes. <laughs> also, it's like the morbid, dark pessimist in me also looks at it as like, yay, that bitch did. <laughs> Woo! Couldn't wait to get her out of here. <laughs> Woo, Diane Carroll, so glad she's gone. Boop. Like, so I just found that to be annoying in that sitting Yeah, I, I was watching the show, which did not bother. You know, I used to be so annoyed by award shows, but I was pretty entertained, except... And really, this should have been my read. Eminem, girl, what was that? Yeah, why was he there? So they had a whole section, um, a segment about how music makes some movies and these songs and the movies mm-hmm. are like inextricable at this point. And so it's a great little segment, montage, all this, lots of great songs. They played Hard Out Here for a Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic moment. Yes. So history. then they ended with Lose Yourself, which of course came from 8 Mile. And I guess Eminem was nominated back in 2002. Original song. And did not come to the show at all. Okay. So this was right. this was the Oscars letting him perform 18 years later. That is the whitest fucking thing I've ever Exactly. Heard. I was like, so, I mean, I'm watching this like, why is Eminem performing Lose Yourself? And is it going to be like all of a sudden a bunch of different people come out and perform the songs they did for these movies? Well, you know what? Actually, that one time that I was nominated no. for the Preacher's Rock soundtrack, <laughs> I was loving it. That is not what that was, though. It was just Eminem, old ass Eminem today, rapping Lose Yourself and white pe- not even just white people, I'll say, people getting their goddamn lives in the audience. I was so- and I was at home confused as fuck. Like, somebody tell me what is going on here. Why did I miss? Because I don't get it. Like, it was a great segment about songs and movies and now we're ending it with Lose Yourself. Like, that is a very old song and Why movie. Why didn't we end it with something recent? Yeah. I thought like, they usually perform the original song nominees throughout the show. Yeah, and that would have been a great time to put Cynthia Revo's performance, actually, which was incredible. You say what you want to about her, but that bitch sings yeah, she can sing. down, and she killed it. So it was just very confusing. Oscars don't understand that, but um, Oscars yes. is like the one. The Oscars is like the one award show that I still will like watch like i will plan to sit down and watch it Mm because i genuinely enjoy the academy awards even when they're so white you know because Mm -hmm. i watch most of these movies i find a lot of the stuff um fascinating in terms of category and who's getting you know awards for the the costumes that they designed or the set or the original screenplay or the Mm -hmm. adapted screenplay so i just find that stuff fascinating and it's unfortunate when it's Years similar to this one where it's a whole bunch of, I don't care about this or that movie or I was never going to go see Little Women. So, yeah, there's been a lot of Little Women's and like, yay, Greta, I'm sure you did a great job, but there have been a lot of Little Women's yeah. and I have read the book one trillion times I as mean, a youth. Right. So <laughs> most of the time you were made to want to read it. So I loved it and I don't need to watch any more film adaptations of it. But yeah, that was the you know Oscars. Rebooting the craft. The craft, the movie from the nineties, yeah, with, with the Campbell four witches, and, yeah, yeah, they're they're making a remake, yeah, with the same girls. No. no, of course not. Okay, well, all right. I was just like, girl, the craft reboot culture is everywhere. It's not old. Oh my god! And Issa says she is not doing no damn set it off reboot and leave her alone. She's <laughs> like, I am not touching no classic. <laughs> That is so funny. I love that. I saw a a rumor also that they're rebooting Buffy. 
the Vampire Slayer. I and never I watched that. Will march like when I tell y'all, I will hit the streets. I don't give a fuck who they <laughs> cast. I don't want to see it because specifically, and I was gonna make this a read this week until I couldn't find evidence that this is actually true. <laughs> The lore of Buffy the Vampire Slayer sets it up for you to reboot it without ruining the original. Because Buffy Summers was not the first Vampire Slayer, not nearly, and she was not the last one. So you could literally make a Keisha the Vampire Slayer, Tanya the Vampire Slayer, Marie. You could do it with a whole other character that is a vampire slayer, even has similar personality to Buffy and stays in Sunnydale or wherever, yeah, Sunnydale where Buffy went to school and all that stuff without Mm. trying to recreate. And again, if you are a Buffy stan, the vampire slayer in the title is enough to be like, oh, that's for me. Let me go watch it. It doesn't have to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So when I saw this rumor that they were remaking Buffy the Vampire Slayer and cast somebody to play Buffy Summers, I was like, not my Buffy the Vampire Slayer, bitch. Keep it. Why? You literally could do a sequel or a prequel with a whole other Mm, vampire slayer and leave the Buffy that we know and love where it's at. That's true. Don't do it. I will petition. (laughs) Period. Maybe it'll be like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse where it's just a bunch of different Buffies across different lives. No? No. Is that ridiculous? I never saw Buffy. I never saw the show. I feel like there's probably an episode somewhere in there that they could finagle some time travel or multiverse shit. Probably nothing I could think of right now. But (laughs) again, it's unnecessary. The last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, there was countless vampire slayers that they brought together to fight this you know war for the planet or whatever the fuck so there really has no and you could then still have sarah michelle geller if she's interested come in and do a cameo as older buffy maybe she's her her giles in the beginning of this whatever but if you Mm. lazy bastards (laughs) take that character and give it to anybody else and redo it i am going to be heated <sighs> heated and I will make sure that I come back on this podcast and drag y'all for it again and I bet you are not the only one so it's unnecessary please don't play with these people about they buff like you don't even have to remake the craft simply because it's not that old a movie it's still good it holds up mm. it doesn't look like fucking gone with the wind it's it just <laughs> it's not that old <laughs> it's fine you don't have to do it again but remake gone with the wind no leave no, gone with the wind where it's please. at sorry I had to think yeah, about you that. Did. I know you did. <laughs> I had to think about it just how goddamn racist oh, that yeah. movie was. Mm-hmm. We're fine. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> well, I should be an all black gone with the wind and call like Tracy Oliver or somebody to try to ride it. <laughs> She's like, what? No. <sighs> okay. So are you done? Yep. So let's talk about this Gail King situation. Mm. Let's talk about it. Last week, Gail King did an interview with um NBA, WNBA superstar Lisa Leslie. They talked about a lot of different things. CBS, of course, picked the absolute most salacious part of this interview to clip and post online. In the clip, Gail and Lisa are talking about Kobe Bryant, and Gail asks her if she feels like Kobe's legacy has been tarnished in any way because of the story. And Lisa says, you know, no, I don't. I feel like it wasn't like this doesn't for me anyway, like this doesn't change anything about 
Kobe and all this other stuff. I know. Yes. And the media should back off. Yes. And she, yes. And she did actually make it a point to say that she feels like the, the, um, the media should just leave it alone. And she says things like, I just, you know, like we be, if we out in the club or whatever, I have a lot of NBA friends who would like try to get me to go get girls for them. But Kobe never did that. I've never seen him being the type of person who would violate a woman. And then Gail rightly says, well, you know, as his friend, you wouldn't see that. And and Lisa says, that's true. You know, that is possible. I just don't believe it. I don't believe that of him. So. Mm-hmm. So the clip generated a lot of anger because niggas niggas and this the Kobe Bryant situation the fact that he and his daughter were taken from us so randomly so tragically the fact that niggas absolutely love and adore Kobe Bryant the fact that Kobe Bryant was a very rich very famous very powerful man very um, inspiring yeah very yes and somebody who inspired a lot of other people yeah so there are a lot of us and by us, I mean humans, not people I necessarily agree with, like um, 50 Cent and Snoop and Ari Lennox, who have decided to take this clip and turn it into like this anti-Gale King. I, I, I won't even say propaganda. It's just been this huge backlash towards her for asking real questions that are relevant to why she was there. Right. Lisa knew she was being invited to talk about Kobe Bryant. If she had a hard no on any Kobe questions, I would assume that her people handled that with CBS beforehand because she did actually answer the questions. It wasn't like, don't ask me about that. That's so rude. That's so disrespectful. And if you watch the whole thing, at no point do either of them seem to be upset or angry. It's just like two people talking through this because like we said last week or whenever that it is an incredibly complicated situation. People's feelings are all over the place about it. Right. I get that. What's not okay is you niggas and specifically I'm talking about Snoop right now who got his ass on Instagram and you know you owe when you just look down at the phone. I mean directly to your toes. <laughs> Like, wow, I didn't need these nostrils. Like, I'm like, my nigga, do you not know you could just hold it right here? And then we can just look at your right face up your dead nose. on. So, so Snoop got on Instagram talking about the, um, talking about this, this right, asked, talking yeah. about the question she asked, talking about how it was insensitive and inappropriate. I think he called her a, a a dog face bitch. dog head bitch dog, or dog head, hair right bitch or something like that saying kobe was our superhero and how dare you try to tarnish his reputation and respect the family and back off before we come and get you yeah now see ari lennox got on live talking about okra and kale and that i was, was like girl okay that is those are funny nicknames that was funny but you i'm really not feeling where you're going with this but this is harmless snoop what Snoop said, I considered to be a threat, and I thought it went entirely too far. And because, he I mean, right? And he's trying. He came back talking about, oh no, it wasn't. I wasn't threatening her. But when you say respect the family and back off before we come get you, I he don't literally know. was like, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> uh, I was nigga. saying we're watching you and respect them. I was like, what nigga, the fuck do that mean? The clip is still on the internet. That's not what you said, right? So 
after he put out this absolutely terrible video, this hashtag started trending, I Stand With Gail, where all these journalists and other very famous people are coming out in support of her. Fucking Ambassador Rice was tweeting a statement about this. I'm like, this is, we are in the fucking upside down. I, I respect that y'all have complicated feelings about this, but it's not, not only is it not fair, it's not not fair to to victims in general. It's not correct to say or not correct. I don't think it's right or I don't think it's your place to say, I don't believe this because I've been around this man and he would never do something like that because we simply don't know what people do when we're not around. And you can say something like this was my friend and I wasn't a part of that situation I didn't know anything about that I don't know that to be of his character but I don't know what happened I wasn't there whatever I just felt like the way she answered that question was <sighs> I think it get, it comes back to this whole like how we as a society are socialized to protect men no matter what they do and Women in particular are really socialized to protect men no matter what they do. And then when you add on Kobe's celebrity and the fact that he has this huge basketball community and like and and has been a leader and an icon for so many people for so long. And then, you know, this whole second act, which I really appreciate the framing of, but like kind of him coming back and deciding that he was going to push through and pursue the things that mattered to him, pursue things that were important, coaching his daughter's basketball team, that sort of thing. Like it goes both ways. So I think Erica Cobbs, did you see this clip of this? I did see that. And I really wanted to like it. I really did. But I think she made a few points. I don't for me personally, I don't really know where I stand on the whole thing. I just feel like on one end, I understand why people are upset with Gail. Because if I were the interviewer in that situation, I wouldn't have asked the question. Only because I understand the timing is fresh. And also because, probably mostly because I know that this type of shit would happen. And mm. y'all not going to be online boxing with me because I asked a question that literally people were talking about anyway. Right. Like, I feel like the question was even prefaced. Like, some people are saying such and such may affect his legacy. How do you feel about that? Gil didn't pull that shit out of her ass and just ask a random question that we didn't hear about. However, I feel like the delivery of the question did lack tact, in my opinion. And... Again, if I were the one to do it, I wouldn't have asked at all. I just don't think it's unfair to ask it because people are talking about this anyway. But past that, like being pissed at her for that, I think is fair. Like, I it's think your you're right, right you to be, be upset with yeah. her. It's just not to the point of we gonna come get you. Because what? What yeah. the fuck are you like? Why are you threatening this lady for asking a difficult question or asking a question that you just don't feel like should have been asked? You know what I mean? Like. It's not going to stop you or people that he means the most to from celebrating him, from extending his legacy and, you know what I mean, for keeping his spirit and stuff like that, his energy alive. I just think it's really crazy, ridiculous, and it's easy for us to do this when we're talking about black women. But like, like you just said a second ago, that was one thing for me. And the second thing is, I think that we are sort of, um, well, I do think that the point that she made in terms of like the history of 
you know, black men and being accused of crimes that they didn't commit and all of that I stuff. I mean, yes. There's a layer of that, not specifically with Kobe but Bryant. Emmett Till versus Kobe Bryant, girl. I'm just saying, like, I think that we're sort of conditioned to second guess certain things like this when it pertains to black people specifically black men and then when you add celebrity on top of it it's just like not which then leads me to what you were just saying which is like we do sort of we do sort of like defend black men no matter what like I was laughing like literally not even a week ago because I was listening to this song called Big Drip by I don't know how to say this name something foreign okay one of these new rappers I guess and Great bop. There's a line on there where he says, free, free Sosa, he a demon. And I thought to myself, like, <laughs> if anyone should be contained and like, <laughs> kept from others, it's a demon. Yeah. So, like, I laugh about this shit, but it's, like, dead-ass serious. Like, we'll just put free whatever the fuck on a t-shirt, regardless of what we know or don't know to be the truth. Yeah. And none of this is specific to Kobe Bryant, because I don't know what Kobe Bryant did or did not do. But it's, like, just because you see him as this massive person that you know we all celebrate and we mourn and we love and and things like that doesn't mean that other people may not feel certain kinds of way based on what they are assuming so a person whose job it is to ask questions and and expand information on those types of topics like it's just their job to ask questions and we also react to shit immediately before we get, you know, a full picture. Of course they made that shit a tiny clip and sent it out to wherever because it's literal clickbait. And we're the ones who then start throwing knives and daggers at each other again, mad or whatever, when it's CBS that's getting all of this traction Mm -hmm. for this interview that they carved out the way that they did. And again, I don't feel like it's wrong or it's, you know, outside of your right to be like, man, fuck Gail, because I'm not with it. Because like I said, again, I would have never asked that shit. But the lengths that people were going with it, the death threats and this lady got to walk around with security for asking a question. Like, I just feel like why are we going this far with it? All of that is also. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that is because like people are either doing that because Kobe was famous or because he was a man, because if you look at it, like, let's say Kobe Bryant was just some nigga you went to high school with. No big deal. Just a regular person like the rest of us. And there were some girl when y'all were in high school, one of y'all's classmates accused him of raping her or whatever. And the situation played out exactly the way it did in real life with the girl in Colorado. If that nigga randomly died 10, 15 years later, you cannot sit here and tell me that you would not be like, ain't that the nigga who Rachel said raped her or whatever? Like you can't sit here and tell me that this would not be something that you thought about or maybe something that you talked about with your friends or whatever else, because it's a part of that man's story. It is. It just is. And so the reason that y'all are feeling like, oh, well, don't do this. It's too soon or whatever is either because it's Kobe or because it's a man. I just really it's don't. It's Kobe. And, and you know what? If, if you can admit that to yourself. Because Kobe Bryant, the basketball player versus, you know, the random basketball player that nobody knows who went to high school with you would never be discussed in the same way. Because Kobe Bryant is literally somebody who changed a lot of lives, led a lot of people to the career and the passion that they're in and stuff like that. Like he's obviously affected more people in what he does than somebody that you just randomly went to to um 
to high school with or whatever. It's the same reason that people got tight when people went after Nipsey died and the gays were talking about what he had just said. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, I even said on the show, I am incredibly heartbroken for the people that, you know, lost someone that they, they love the community that lost someone that they inspire and stuff like that. But at the same time, yes, in the back of my head, I am thinking about how he just flamed us like a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm not going to go and ask, you know, one of his best friends or Lauren London or somebody. So what was up with that gay shit that he said one time? How do you feel like that? Do you feel like that, you know, fucks up his legacy? I wouldn't ask that because I feel, personally feel like it would be in poor taste, especially depending on the timing. But at the same time, I wouldn't, if it were another interview who asked him, be like, now, why would you do that? Because it's something that people are talking about. Right. It's it's a newsworthy thing. And I just don't think that if you didn't want to answer questions, I think if you didn't want to answer questions like that, then you would either A, not do the interview or B, make that extremely clear. Like, I'm not talking about the drama, just like Kobe, like. That girl is under an NDA. She probably will always be under one. We'll probably never know her side of things publicly. And even when the Washington Post did that profile on Kobe last year, a couple years ago, whenever that was, he never he talked about how he reacted to the situation, but he wouldn't talk about that situation. He would not go into any details about it whatsoever. He just talked about how he focused on like just being himself and and he took on this black mamba personality after he saw kill bill and just started you know that's where that is from yeah and he just started like really focusing on shit and deciding that he was gonna uh rewrite his story he wasn't gonna be the kobe with a big smile and doing mcdonald's commercials and clean cut guy anymore he was gonna be that nigga who come out and strike you and and that's what he can do and and that was his right to do I'm not trying to say that that isn't okay or whatever, but I think we do ourselves a disservice when we act like people's legacies aren't complicated. For Snoop to say that Gail is tarnishing Kobe's legacy is absolutely, that's like saying Gail tarnished R. Kelly's legacy. R. Kelly did those things or didn't do those things, however you feel about it. And the same thing can be said about Kobe or Nipsey or any fucking body else because we are all complicated like this we all have done good and we all have hurt people and this will be discussed at the deaths of every last one of us so and and i do think some of the criticisms were valid like of all the people to ask why would you ask a woman i would love to have seen gail ask this question to any of the number of men who played alongside kobe or who are friends with kobe but i also think you wouldn't be able to get a lot of them to come do the interview because of lots of things too sad or don't want to run the risk of talking about it don't want to say the wrong thing don't want to piss off their advertisers don't want to trigger their own me too movement because somebody is like oh i don't know why you speaking on this when xyz happened so i i would have liked to see this question be aimed at a man as opposed to a woman i think that's a valid critique but the way y'all niggas was going after gail like she deserved to die for asking this question was absolutely fucking ridiculous that, that was just stupid and i, I didn't even it. realize it was that bad until i started looking up the story and reading all these different blogs and i was like yo you niggas really went in on gail king for asking these questions and i mean also for you know she's very close with Oprah, who they were already flaming for um, being involved in that Michael Jackson documentary and then almost being mm. involved with this Russell Simmons documentary, which I think I read just got picked up. And like, I love Michael Jackson. I respect what Russell Simmons has done for hip hop. I don't know any of this information. And I understand how the 
discussion of it can be harmful to the people that they love or people that love them and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like we are human and we are complicated and, and there are more people than just this person who accused blank of doing stuff that will be affected by the discussion of it or the facts of it and stuff like that. And like, you know, if you are a victim of it, um, as Oprah was a victim right. of it, um, sometimes just the mere like celebration of somebody that's accused that even you yourself don't know what's true or not true right. can affect you in a way. So I just don't feel like it's fair to wish harm or death on somebody for asking a complicated question about a complicated topic. Nobody's saying, now, Leslie, you know that nigga did that shit. Stop, stop acting. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what are, we're asking a question that question was answered greatly. Mm-hmm. It was. You know saying there was respect given and tone and whatnot on both sides. So why are we jumping to threats of violence and shit like that? Kale and Okra was funny. <laughs> Kale and Okra was funny. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, being pissed off and being like, I'm not going to support Gail anymore. I'm not going to support Oprah anymore because this is how I feel about it and the Harvey Weinstein shit and whatever the fuck else. But like the stretch yeah. that you're going with or that a lot of people had gone to with this was just extra. I get being pissed, but girl, come on now. You really feel like Kobe Bryant would have been like, yeah, great, go get her. Like, come on. Even Ari was talking about like calling them all kinds of bitches and talking about tarnishing the man's legacy, ruining his legacy. And I think that's what's really bothering me about it because it's not ruining a person's legacy to to talk about what happened in their life. We're not ruining black men by saying what we feel about them or when, or saying what happened to them, whether we it's hard with Kobe because it's not like it went to trial and we have a guilty or not guilty verdict or a confession or anything else. So there are lots of people who are like, you know, it just didn't happen. She made the whole thing up. And then there are people like it absolutely did because this, 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 blah, blah, blah. And so people can argue that all all day long. But Gail isn't fucking up anybody's memories of Kobe Bryant by talking about a case we all know about. She's not breaking news in any way about Kobe Bryant by asking Lisa Leslie these questions. So and 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 I feel like things don't get better for victims when we act like we can't talk about it. I feel like when victims see how people act, not just in Kobe's passing, but when they see how people get attacked and dragged and death threats and all this for even bothering to say, hey, this was really sketchy or this was really fucked up or I don't know how I feel about that. I think it just makes things worse for the people who already have to deal with so much. So Ultimately, this is a societal issue. We don't value women. We don't really care what happens to them. We are willing to let women go through whatever sort of hurt or abuse at the expense of men. We will protect men at all costs, no matter what. And it was just really disgusting the way y'all treated Gail behind it. You could have felt whatever way about it. But some of the shit y'all was saying was just it was just unconscionable. It was just too much. Like, And then still talking about I was raised better than that. What I look like saying that about a 70 year old woman. But you did. <laughs> you literally did say that. If you don't know what you look like. You can just go back and watch the video. It was it's still just, on the internet. And, like, and, and it started off like the clip started off with him sort of just sounding disappointed in me. Like, man, I expected better out of you and whatever, whatever. And I was like, this is fine. And then it Better became how? funky dog head bitch and this and third or whatever. And I'm it like, got so mm, much worse. This feels like before we come get you. 
Because, like, even the Oprah shit, like, there are nuances in this, in the Oprah documentaries and whatever the fuck else. And I feel like, you know, like, even I was like, really, Oprah, when the Michael Jackson thing happened because of how old that case is and all this other stuff. But in my heart of hearts, I'm just like, I don't know Michael Jackson. I never met Michael Jackson in my life. And I do know that Oprah um, is a survivor of abuse mm-hmm. um, and the abuse abuse at the hands of black men in her life. So when we're talking specifically Ooh, about shit. Like, why she has been involved in these things with black men, that's probably has something to do with why. And, but even in that situation, it's just like people being upset at Oprah, like I'm not going to jump in front of y'all and be like, leave Oprah alone. Cause I get it or right. whatever. But at the same time, it's like when we're getting into like threats of, of violence and stuff like that is like when it's, 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 just not meant to be that deep it shouldn't be that deep especially in the situation of gail who literally asked a question it just feels to me like we are constantly sending the message that we're not allowed to talk about what happened to us like you're not allowed to talk about whatever happened to you you're not allowed to talk about who did what to you you're not allowed to even voice a concern about something because if you do we will attack you for daring to say anything about this man but that was Kobe Bryant that was part of Kobe Bryant's story just as much as everything else and you don't do anybody any good to pretend that it wasn't and that's all I'm saying you niggas could just be real about it you could say, yeah, that situation in Colorado was fucked up. And I still really admire Kobe for the way he came back and put his all into his work and was a really devoted dad and all this. Like, you could not pretend like this didn't happen because I think that's where y'all are really getting shit fucked up. And also just chill with the fucking death threats. It was ridiculous. And y'all have got to grow up. I don't know what I don't know who put a battery in Snoop's back, but it's time to chill the fuck out, my I nigga. We coming on the internet with his scarf on and his opinion constantly and stuff like that, and a lot of times, you know, it gets a bit ratchet. But I just felt like this situation. I'm like, did I miss something here? Like, I know that it's like a touchy subject and it's too soon or whatnot, but I don't feel like this is worthy of coming to get anybody i just feel like it's only i mean not only a touchy subject but the a huge part of the reason why it's so touchy is because y'all don't want nobody to say nothing bad about your fave i mean well but <laughs> facts are facts or opinions are opinions yes, life but nobody is life. knows what that situation really was about as we said before it's just but it, it's like that's not what was asked <laughs> like it wasn't asked like hey girls how did you feel about the fact that kobe bryant's a rapist yeah like that's not what was asked they were he she was being asked about the discussions that were taking place anyway, which is what blows my mind. It's like y'all acting like she the one who brought this stuff to the table. It's not. Niggas were talking about this stuff already. Maybe you were not, maybe your Facebook groups were not and stuff like that, but this was being discussed. Yeah. And she was giving the opportunity to somebody who actually personally knew him to be like, nah. And they had a cordial conversation. It wasn't nothing about that interview led me to believe that you niggas should have took up the pitchforks like Like that. She literally allowed Lisa Lisa Leslie to be like, fuck that. Stop talking about it. She gave her the room to say literally what you are saying right now. Someone who knows him, somebody who was very close (sighs) friends with him. She gave her the floor to say what you are saying at the moment. Why are you mad at Gail? Like she came on in in this interview with a fuck Kobe Bryant t-shirt on. Like, what are we talking about? Dare you? Because how dare you? How dare you, black woman, say anything against a black man? 
It's just I'm I'm never gonna be with that shit. So I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> Best of luck to everybody involved. I truly hope we don't have to have this conversation no more. That wraps up this week's episode of the Read. Check us out on social media at This Is the Read. Our website is thisistheread.com. Um, we have a show coming up this Saturday at the Apollo Theater. So if you have tickets, we'll see you there for our seventh anniversary. Um, any news for you this week? There are more shows coming up this spring. You can go to thereadlive.com for dates and information about that in case you're interested in coming out. I know we have two shows in Texas. We'll be in LA. We'll be in Atlanta. I think we're going to Chicago. We're going to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably missing one or two. I can't remember. But yeah, you can get more information about it there. And uh, we will see you there if you've got a ticket. Thanks so much. Yeah. And thank you to Lil Rel for coming through. Make sure you go see the photograph and enjoy your week. We'll see y'all next time. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.